Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for uh, Tuesday, March 22nd. We're in spring 2022. Spring has sprung. That's Ian. Spring has sprung. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about a very special uh, game studio that no longer exists. And you'll find out the ramifications. The Video Game Hall of Fame finalists that we like to talk about uh, each year. We have a fun, fun, fun uh patreon poll topic and we also have uh voicemails that go on here uh daylight savings a fort up update update last week we were discussing about how awful it is we change the clocks twice a year and we should just keep daylight savings time almost like an act of god that day later that day in the united states senate they passed it a hundred to zero. So it never, almost never happens that starting in 2023, there'll be no more switching the clocks back and forth. It'll just be daylight savings time, which is what we're at right now, which means darker in the morning, lighter at night. Almost everyone agrees that's the way it should be. It obviously has to pass the house. I don't see, unless there's some lobbyist, there's some standard time lobbyist, it should pass. It's going to be people in the flyover states. So I was reading, this, they tried this once before in the 70s, and I remember my parents telling me. And uh, it didn't work because the biggest complaint was people in the flyover states, uh, kids had to go to school uh, in the dark in the morning. And uh, I said literally on Twitter uh, when it happened, fuck them kids. <laughs> I literally made the... It was the, dark when we went to class, too, on, yeah. on the East Coast. It, was, it wasn't... It wasn't it was dark. I went to school at seven fifteen in the morning. Like class started, yeah. Class it was started, dark. Class would ring in at uh, I think it was seven seven fifty five was when it started for me, yes. and I would leave at like seven fifteen yes. so I could finish any homework I needed or whatever. Like while the, I sat in homeroom. Yeah, the bus picked me up by seven twenty twenty five. I walked, but yeah, okay, yeah. So it was dark. It was dark once you got to October, November, December. It was in January. It was dark. So like, I don't want to hear that excuses. I mean, like. Uh, yeah, the accidents happen. But this is what happens. The whole circadian uh, rhythm and things and uh, how you sleep. I got fucked up after we, we, we switched the clocks. I forgot we were changing over. I didn't sleep all the next three, four days. I oh, I, I mean, my sleep is notoriously uh, awful, but it's been real bad since we changed the clocks. So I was reading about it, and it says that happens to a lot of people. And then it happens twice a year because you're just unnaturally changing when your body feels it should be going to sleep. So besides that, they have done studies on this. And yes, and we also use a lot of less electricity because at night when people are home from work, they have to use less lights on and things like that. So like in, 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 a, in a theoretical world, it, it should work. But I, I hear arguments all the time that, oh, but like I understand it's going to piss some people off, but we should not be switching clocks twice a year. It doesn't, uh, countries don't do this. No. I know we're a bigger country and we have different times, but like it's just come on. It, all, it just doesn't make sense anymore. They, they, they just do it because of the fucking because of the, the, the farmers. farms. Yes, I know. Yeah, the, the farmers can deal with it. Most people aren't farmers. We're good. They they they, they can adjust their their clock. To, their, their 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 let us do it. All right, let let us do it here. But it's funny it happened literally that day. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was going to be, be coming up. I didn't. Uh, what else happened? I went to Mitch's seafood. Yeah. 
I saw I saw the picture. It was a good picture. The uh, pals Yoshi and David, CG artists extraordinaire. Um, it it was a smorgasbord, as my mom would say. Fish tacos. We got their version of poutine fries with a crab in it, a little bit of crab. Um, we got the ceviche. The day is always nice and 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 enlightened and delectable. Intermittent fasting, Jesus. And then uh, Yoshi got the uh, the uh, fish and chips. And then Dave, Dave got the the tuna steak, seared tuna. It looked incredible. Yeah, it looked incredible. It looked like a it looked like a meat steak. It, it looked incredible. I bet. It, like, it probably like melted a butter in your mouth. Like it, that, it looked great. Uh, you, you watched a lot of football. We talked about that in the exclusive basketball. Podcast. I watched basketball. Patreon.com/slash/podcast. Uh, not not football. Uh, I also do basketball. I also went to uh, a pin expo over the weekend in Santa Ana, which was a shitload of fun. And by pin, I mean pins. Uh, I got this cute little. Yeah, uh, when, you, when you first told me, I'm like, oh, a pinball convention? I didn't hear about that. Said, oh no, enamel pins. This cute little uh, hiding bob. Uh, that I that, that perfect fits perfect, it's perfect on my uh, yeah so it looks like he's peeking out from behind the um, uh, rock heart logo uh, so I went to the pin convention and it was awesome I love pins I love buttons I love pins I, lo- I love all that stuff and you sell our pin there Ian? Uh, no I didn't I mean I didn't have a booth <laughs> I didn't have a booth um, and walked around and it was all outdoors it was a beautiful freaking day in Santa Ana um, and uh, I mean it was bigger than i expected um you know like a whole city block both sides um two big parking lots with multiple rows of booths each and there was one section that tom a uh, friend of the podcast tom said is usually uh, set up for it but there was like construction going on there so they didn't have it oh and i guess okay. they do this like once every month or once every couple of months a month yeah and a lot of people turned out. For, a, do it once a month? A lot of people turned out. That's so, like how the train shows used to be. So, like the eight, late 80s. Yeah. So uh, the, the pins are huge. Okay. Those are all over the place. Um, at the Obviously, at a, it's a pin and patch expo. Um, there were some patches. I didn't see a ton of those. It was mostly enamel pins. A lot of sneakers and a lot of fitted hats, too, was oh. the popular thing. Fitted I, hats have been on the comeback the past, like, 15 years, right? Well, I was looking around because, you, know, you know, I wear pins on my hoodies or some people put them on a lanyard. Um, what seemed to be the big deal was a lot of people, like, really into sneakers and fitted hats, put them on their hats. And so because of that, there was a lot of pins that were like, because it was in Santa Ana, that were like, um, you know, Looney Tunes or Pokemon or whatever, but wearing like uh, Dodgers gear or something like that. Uh-huh. So a lot of those like pinned onto hats and stuff like that. I just, that was a whole aspect of the pin thing that I never knew existed was that there was like this big like sports fan interest in it. So um, yeah, that was super cool. Definitely want to go back. I picked up like 15 pins. Um, had a blast. I mean, more than a video game convention, more than a record convention, more than a comic convention, a pin convention is designed to drain money. So you think Pat might have won? Like uh, Duke Togo? Uh, no, no. I, 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 I kept my eyes open for other people. I only got something for my cousin. Okay. My cousin's the only person I got something for. Okay. Uh, and then that night, um, and this was fantastic, uh, Tom and Julie, um, we did at-home Korean barbecue with a shitload of meat and they used one of those big like flat top uh electric flat top grills oh and it's got a a a drain for the grease and everything okay so it was just like kbbq they had all the sides you know all the kimchi all the pickles and uh the big things of meat and oh it was 
ate until I got the meat sweats and then came home. <laughs> ate until you got the meat sweats. And so, it's that long ride home where it's like, oh boy, my, 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 it's a churning. It's a bubbling. All so, that meat. Yeah, it was a busy weekend, but that's why I didn't go to, um, Mitch's with you was because of, I mean, after basketball and pins, everything I had to get done kind of got pushed off. Real life stuff, Ian. Yeah. I took care of taxes yesterday. Yeah, your taxes. Good for you, Ian. Yeah. I still have to do my taxes. Uh, the, the business taxes. My, my guy, my guy left uh, the country, uh, he, but he passed off my stuff to uh, my tax guy. Uh, retired. <laughs> that sounds bad. My tax well, guy left the country and well, passed my stuff off. Uh, to I'm, I'm not passing judgment, but he retired. He was older than I thought. He was like ten years older than I thought he was. The guy. So it's like he's enjoying his retirement, but now my tax person is a new person. But I'm I have confident uh, that they can do a good job because my tax is a little more complicated because it's a it's a pass through corporation thing. Uh, but it's fun. My taxes are, not, are, are, yeah, I can't, I could not be able to do my taxes myself. So, uh, yeah, so that was fun. That was fun. Um, and then what was the other thing I was going to say that happened this weekend? Oh, I watched, uh, I watched the big short finally. Oh, nice. I spoke about it with you a little yeah. offline. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very entertaining. 2015 movie. It, it talks, it's about the, the housing crisis and basically the downfall of our economy that happened in 2008, which really was like a three years in the making. It starts in like 2005, then goes to like 2008 and uh, how bad it was back then. If you remember uh, in 2008, it really hit the shit, hit the fan, what spring to summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right before the election, that, that might've changed how the election went in 2008 potentially. Cause like, it was like, Ooh, what the fuck's going on? People, tons of foreclosures, people losing their jobs, uh, unemployment going up. That was a couple of years after I moved out here, and it was that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, Christian Bale is in it. Uh, Steve Carell is great in it. He's like almost unrecognizable. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it. They got some big names in it, but it's just a tale of uh, uh, three different sets of people that discover that hey, we know the housing uh, bubble is going to burst. Everyone's going to be fucked. Let's let's bet against space. basically betting against the U.S. economy so we make a ton of money, and that's basically what it is. And then going through learning how those characters discovered how we discover like how it got to this point and how like it was in, it was insane. It was basically like the worst sort of people uh, making tons of money and not caring about any ramifications and thinking that nothing bad could happen, which happens a lot, obviously, in business. Um, and then everyone was asleep at the wheel. No, 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 no one was saying, Hey, this is nuts. What do you, what is everyone doing with these, um, uh, mortgage backed? So not only asleep at the wheel, but permissive, just, yeah. So basically the, the, it's very complicated. The movie does a pretty good job explaining it in layman's terms. They even use like to, to help explain it. Here's uh, Margot Robbie in a bubble bath drinking champagne. They make it fun. Like a couple of <laughs> sure. they, they break the fourth wall in this. Movie. Oh, okay. Several times. Oh, that's cool. Ryan okay. Gosling is semi like the semi narrator. He plays a really a swarmy guy that gets in on it, and I love I love Ryan Gosling in almost everything. Um, I still have to see Blade Runner two thousand forty nine. God, it's so good. So I see that. Um, so they do a good job, but basically to put the, basically what happened was they gave out bad mortgages to people that couldn't pay mortgages. They didn't check income on a lot. No ninja loans, Ian. No income. No verification of a job. You can get a house like. It's insane to think about that they did that. They did that to, for millions of people. No and, income, no job. What's the A? I don't know, but it's ninja. ninja. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 they call them ninja loans. How is that legal? How, no how, how did how did banks how did bank why, how did any bank take on those loans? This is why they took them on because they didn't care about the ramifications of having for that happening for millions of people. They were going to make their money. 
on these predatory loans where, hey, the first few years, it's like a reasonable rate, 3 4%. After that, it'll go up to 6%, 9%. It'll double or triple your, your, your mortgage. And obviously, people couldn't afford them, and they couldn't refinance because the whole thing was a bubble. And the price. You can't refinance your home uh, if the price of your, your uh, house uh, goes down. Um, and then when you refinance, a lot of times they look more into like your income and what you can do. So these people were fucked. Millions of people were fucked. When I first moved here, Ian, this was 2009. So this is like we're well into the, the housing right. crisis by then for a couple of years. Um, I remember half of the places for sale were, were bank auctions on places that were foreclosed or straight foreclosures. When you looked on like Zillow Redfin, mm-hmm. half of the ones in the area. Now that's extremely rare because they don't give out loans anymore uh, to people they don't think they could afford them. We're, we're where right. we are now because of that. Like that, that's where we are. It was it's so hard for me to get a loan or refinance. Like twenty years ago, no sign problem. Right, sign right here. We don't care if you can't pay for it three years in. We got your money. We can take the house back. So that coupled with the fact that uh, all these securities were were filled with these bad mortgages. So the securities become worthless, right? And that's what caused the crash. That, that's basically in a nutshell. And no, and no one knew. No one was looking at. Hey, what you're, you're selling these securities that have these worthless mortgages. They're going to be that'd be garbage. So then the securities are worthless. We're buying and, and trading worthless stuff. And no one said. No one in the government. No one agency said like you got. You can't do this. Like it was too late. Everyone, everyone was doing it. Everyone was making tons of money doing it. So it's just like. And it ruined the it ruined the world's economy <laughs> because of it, because of greedy assholes. And almost no no one went to prison. That's the best part. All right. And the banks got bailed out because they had to bail them out, or else the economy would have been worse. It would have been a great depression, even more so. Like so, and the banks probably knew that too. But oh they, sure, they won't let us fail. We're too big yeah, to fail. Exactly. Merry Christmas, everyone. Go watch the Big Short. It's actually very. It's like a dark comedy slash horror kind kind of. When you realize that all this this stuff actually happened. A lot of this stuff in the movie actually happened when you see it. It's like, yeah. Interesting, huh? Yep. Um, so about Epic Games doing something nice for Ukraine. Epic Games is donating all of its profits for the next two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, any fruits or vegetables? Two weeks. And the first day was like $36 million, which shows you how, how much they make off of like Fortnite and other stuff. The first what? First day. It was $36 million. First yeah. day. Isn't that nuts? That's insane. Multiply that times times 14 or so. So, yeah, they're giving it all to uh, Ukrainian relief. Uh, I mean, that's just, uh, it's massive. I mean, it's, that's, that's huge. I, I don't even know how much money that's going to, it's going to be hundreds just, of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Um, so... There's that. Um, new season of Fortnite is launching today. Developer Epic will be noting all of its proceeds from the first two weeks to Ukraine-related humanitarian efforts. The action will last from March 20th through April 3rd and will cool, include all... Oh, I thought it was uh, oh, two weeks of Fortnite proceeds. Okay. I thought it was everything off the Epic Games Store, which would have been insane. Oh, wow. Just Fortnite is $36 it's, million dollars a day? Yeah. It's just Fortnite. Holy Just shit. Fortnite. Okay. Um, so includes all real money purchases in the game, which means purchased oh. V-Bucks, subscriptions, gifted battle passes, and certain cosmetic packs. Um, using V-Bucks and Fortnites will not be included, obviously, because that's already been paid for. So and that's just that's uh, massive. And it, all, it, it just shows how successful the game is, how successful Epic's been. Um, you know, they can do this and they're going to walk away just fine <laughs> being able sure. to do this. You know, it's not a it's not a big deal for them. So uh, 
uh, Tim Sweeney's the CEO. He old, he's the company's controlling shareholder. So what he says goes. This is a privately held company, so you don't have to answer to a board of directors, uh, you know, or like uh, stockholders who would throw you off a building if you if you said this for a public trade company. So that's basically him making decision. So I'm going to do this. It's good for him. He's also the guy that you know went head to head with Apple in the lawsuit. So you know, he's trying to be on the right side of some of this stuff um, here. So yeah, that, that's fan- I, I've never heard of a company doing something like this ever. No, that's we're, huge. We're going to donate everything we make, even the one game, Ian. But that's uh, that's obviously the lion's share of money that you don't, we, you don't have to explain yeah, to me. I mean, I know I'm I'm well aware. It's it's, it's, it's not still thought. Yeah, um, and then talk about your, your buddy Brandon's. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. Um, the uh, HIO uh, game bundle, indie game bundle that was loaded. We talked about it uh, last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, patented that unfortunately. Um, like a thousand different indie games, um, RPG rule sets um asset packs uh they kept breaking every goal they set they finally topped out at just about six uh it was over six million over six million dollars you know why because pat checked and got asked out i have a list of things that i had a list of things that get done over the weekend like price out a flight to a convention book a hotel convention list of things on little sticky notes and i'm going on the list and i'm like okay i should check this out again and it was gone. So Pat missed out. Pat missed out on, on, on giving money and, and the deal. Of, the deal of a lifetime. On top of that, yeah, very very good. I mean, um, I went well over the the minimum. But if you you know only had a handful of bucks and wanted to help Ukraine and put ten bucks in, you got more games than you'll ever play. You got yeah, <laughs> like you, you, you got hooked up. And I don't uh, think it's and just to say if all you had was ten bucks and that's all you put yeah. it, I don't think that's bad. More is great, obviously better, but. Any sort of help, any sort of, you know, um, uh, contribution right now is is huge. And there's obviously other organizations out there. Yeah. Um, but it, they did, um, let's see. The average, I think, I saw was like 14 or 15. Yeah, they got the average up to 15, which isn't bad. You know that, what? That's really what he wanted. He, uh, Brandon was really hoping to get that average up to about 15. And you know what? We'll, we'll shout out hum, Humble Bundle did it as well. They did one, and they raised almost $13 million. Great. So, like, everyone got in on it. Uh, it was it wasn't as quote, quote unquote good as a deal of many games, but they put like AAA games in a pack, and it was like at least forty bucks for one hundred twenty three items, and they had stuff like Fable on here, Max Payne three, Spyro, um, Metro Exodus. So they did their own version of oh, it. Oh, nice! So good for them. Didn't even see that what so, was contributed, but that's that's great. Uh, a game called Warsaw. That I think I've heard of before. Yeah, lots of things. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl was in there, the new one uh, that'll be coming to the Amico one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's tons of money. Good stuff. The, the problem, there obviously, right now is that we don't know when there's going to be an end to this war still. It's been almost a month now. It's a month. Yeah. Russia thought they were going to roll in and have this done in like three, four days, lickety split. Nope. Uh, nope. They're bogged down. No, no. no. U- Ukrainians are fighting on, hold, holding on. This is like the future war almost. This is like, it's weird. It's like the first social media war where like you can follow the strategy and, and, and progress like Hour to hour, I mean, you have updates every day. Certain Twitter accounts have been brilliant, combining all resources, saying this is what's happening on these fronts. This is the strategy here, and it's like, it's insane. Like in, back in the day, it was like you, you to find out what was happening in World War II, you had to go to the movie theater, and it was the front part of your uh, your movie, the news. That, that's how you found out about what the fuck was happening. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't up to the minute. This is insane to see this happen. You're seeing all all the struggle, all, all the the horror of war on social media. It's it's nuts. I, you can't explain it, right? You, no, you it's very weird. Like no, no, and I, I, I felt like I feel like it's going to make. I felt like it would it would help truncate 
the war, but I'm, because everyone's focused on it. I mean, the, the world is reacting, but you know, and, and, but it, it's still. Well, I think it's helped the, the world react. Obviously, yes. European Europe came together and like. 48 hours said fuck this right and like i don't know if you that would have happened like 30 40 years ago right yeah you can't ignore I, it. i'm trying to look at yeah. any positive of yeah. of war on in the social media age because it's really disturbing to me to look at it through a social media lens to look at war memeified and and yes it's, I, like i i, I it's, it's hard it's to gross. stomach right it's hard people, to stomach. people are dying yes it's hard to stomach uh, I, I can't it's it's very depressing to take i mean war is obviously depressing but taking it in through the 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 um the format of social media is a, it's a nightmare. It's, it's awful. Yeah, because it like sort of minimizes the humanity. Of Back it. in the day, you yeah. pick up you know you pick up your newspaper, you grit your teeth, you read through the you know the shitty news of the day, you put your newspaper down, and then you you pick it back up again the next or day. Watch now, the, or watch the or newscast. watch the news. Or, but, now, it, yeah. but now it's it's, it's it's fucking constant, and and there's people yeah. who think of it like sports because their the brains have just been fucking poisoned, and it's yeah. I ugh. well you try ugh. to rationalize it like that's yeah. the thing. It's like I'm learning about strategies going on in certain towns and how they're i'm like i guess that's how you're at i mean it's why i haven't been uh, talking about it like on on twitter it's just because i don't want to contribute to this weird ah uh, i just that, yeah. that's everything now though yeah all, i know all, all, all the social political movements that's all it's all social media it's all well, that's how we become. And, and for certain political and social movements that's fine i'm talking about war like i don't want to view war through the lens i get of social it but media. the alternative is that no one talks about it and that's worse well you know right I, mean? I know because then you don't have, then you don't, you don't get the support, you know what I mean. So let's, I, I understand. Right, that's why I said. That, or that's why I, I said it earlier. I'm trying to find the positives. The, I think the positive. The positives are you can galvanize people yes. very quickly. And, and the other positive is now the world, uh, other nefarious actors can see this reaction and they may not want to do this. Sure. The one people were saying as well is China going to attack uh, Taiwan finally and basically take them by force and take them back in. And if they do that now, they're going to get a just as strong they're, they're reaction. They're looking at what's going to happen in yeah. terms of the reaction, the world reaction, and how fast it comes together. Yes, not how fast it's come together. So there you go. That, that's, I guess, the silver lining, if there's going to be one, is something like that. This could be the last hurrah for like a war like this to ever happen, potentially. Right. In theory. In theory. So um, so I, I checked out the uh, What Not Stadium Events auction. Uh, we, we, we advertised it here. Yeah. Uh, the, the online... Uh, uh, auction real-time auctions and uh, josh uh went there uh to auction off he was auctioning off every every nes cart starting at a dollar and did stadium events and went to the video game history foundation out there in uh outside of what san fran and met up with uh, good old frank Safaldi. and they and they broadcast it and, and kelsey our pal kelsey was on the stream as well uh and they average and they, they did the auction they did like a little background of what the video game history foundation does they did. Uh, they did uh, uh, buy it nows for magazine bundles to help go there. You can buy a fifty dollars bundle or a ten dollars bundle or a hundred dollars bundle, and they give you yeah, mystery direct- boxes. Yeah, and they, and they did giveaways uh, that are built into the platform based on who's in the chat. They did giveaways, I think, in magazines. Um, then they did the auction, and I watched it. And this was an actual paid-for auction. They actually brought the guy on stream real quick uh, to talk. How long? About how long did the whole auction take? Uh, it was a. I want to say it was like eight minutes or so gotcha because the way it works this is not an advertiser for whatnot but we're going to explain it um the clock keeps going there's no there's no sniping so you bid you get t- there's a countdown you bid it adds 10 more seconds to the, to the clock so if like four people bid in like five seconds you'll add like whatever multiple gotcha you know what i mean so it's yeah fair. so like so there's, it's, it, it's snipe proof basically it's snipe proof yeah you can't snipe it. it's impossible to snipe it because it'll add 10 seconds to each bid 
Um, but you got to know quick. So, and the way they did this was that they had, you had to pay within five minutes. So they're going to re-auction it to make sure. Because because the first time they ran it, it went to over a million, and someone said it was a typo. And I think it actually was a mistake. They put, right. They put, it was, I think they wanted to bid eleven thousand. They put like an extra a couple extra. They, they, they got a little too excited. Yeah. yeah. So they re, uh, they undid it and they redid it. So it went to ten thousand right away. Then it went to fifteen. Then to twenty. I'm like, okay, this is historically where the car only statements have gone, like around twenty thousand. I think. I think. And uh, this wasn't graded. Um, there was a mark on the label, so it wasn't. It's a state advance, but it wasn't destroyed. But it wasn't like a, a nine. It was like a six or a seven, you know, sort of sort of condition, probably like a seven. Then it gets into the twenties, and I'm like, holy shit! Okay, and these are people right there bidding on it. It got to uh, thirty one thousand. Thirty one thousand. It got to just the cartridge, Jeebies. And it was a real collector. And the collector said this wasn't even the last NES game they needed. In my head, I'm like, wow, okay. Oh, it wasn't? Even? No. Oh, I thought when you told me, when we uh, talked the other day, I thought you told me it was the last no, NES they, game they No, I think they still have a few to go. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> why would you not have gotten the others before us? But I guess they wanted to get the hard one out of the way. So, um, yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. I'm not saying this is going to be a regular for, uh, for for stuff like this. But, yeah, I think it's... it's uh, it's it's a it's it's a watershed moment. Uh, Josh from SideQuest Games said he was going to donate uh, three uh, excuse me ten uh, percent of the sale to Video Game History Foundation as well. So that's around three thousand. So they 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 did all right helping out with that. And Frank was funny. He like opened up and joked about, oh no, it's a fake. It's a duck hunt board. You know? <laughs> I was like I felt, I felt I was like I think he even joke. I, Frank, I don't think he even joke about that. Why are you doing it? Uh, it was funny. It was really funny. Um, there was an article. Uh, a good write-up um, on The Verge, or not The... Yeah. Yes, it is. The Verge. Um, about talking about the, the fight to save video game history. I won't get too into it, but it's a good article. Uh, it talks about Video Game History Foundation. I think it does a pretty good job of um, detailing uh, Section 1201 of the um, Digital Rights Act, which sure. is uh, what is, you know, really kind of the thing, the sticking point that's making having... A library, but for games, a uh, digital library exist. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a thing. Because that, right, right now you have to be on premises. You have to yeah. be on premises to use it. Um, and a lot of you know, it talks about how a lot of libraries and institutions don't want to touch video games because of one two hundred one. So I think it's a good article, well written. It was written by Alex Castro at The Verge. You should go check that one out. Yeah. So the ESA has to like change their hard nosed stance on it, basically. Right. They have to the, the trade organization for for game publishers. They have to they have to get on board with this eventually because they are they're not really preserving the stuff probably as much as they do because there's no money in it technically for them when it comes to some of the stuff. But it's like they got to do the right thing and realize that people aren't going to be making money off of this. Like it's not going to really eat into their bottom line. They got to get on board with it. I think it'll eventually happen. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know what you make money off of? What, Ian? Sales at UltimateNintendo.com. I do, Ian. Yep. I, I, I make money off sales of books. Ian's so proud of himself. <laughs> he was ready to go with that one. I was. Uh, RBI baseball stickers. Uh, the, the limited shirts are on sale right now, as, as well as the uh, Mom Man shirt, which still needs to be on the soundboard. I still haven't put that one on there. Um, the enamel pins. Um, yeah. All at UltimateNintendo.com. I'm on Cameo, Cameo.com slash Pat Country for all your, your, your well-wishing needs. And the 100th, this time I'm right, Ian, my math isn't off. The 100th <laughs> sure. Twitch stream of retro TV commercials is happening 
this Wednesday, the 23rd, around 4 or 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm usually, I usually fall in that range. My, my Wednesdays are kind of loosey-goosey and catching up on stuff. <laughs> Your uh, Wednesdays but, are loosey-goosey. Uh, it's a blast. Thank you so much for everyone who supports it. Um, so I'm overwhelmed sometimes by the number of uh, followers and subscribers that I get in bits, and people have a good time. When I started doing it, I had no idea. Two years ago almost, I had no idea I'd be doing it this long and realizing it's really a lot of fun. I don't talk about it in this podcast really ever. It really almost is like, I see why people like the stream. It's relaxing and entertaining and it's a hangout. And unfortunately with me, I hate playing games on stream. I discovered that, that I do not relax. It's fucking I, misery. Because you, you, then you suck at the game, you get frustrated, you're not entertaining, but like watching old ass commercials, seventies, eighties and nineties and being flummoxed by them or curious about things that happened and the, the funny memes that uh, developed naturally on Twitch. I, I'm like, okay, I'm a I'm a Twitch streamer. Like this is this is I found my my Twitch calling, and doing it once a week works for me. And Ian might show up. Maybe, maybe. there's always that possibility. There's always that possibility. For there's always the, that possibility for the hundredth. For the maybe. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Chris Bucci of Good Old Turbo Views for sending the, uh, the Turbo View shirt. That's a sweet shirt. Uh. So it went from 2009 to 2020, uh, 2021. I've known Chris for several years. Uh. The best. Graphic 16 reviewer on the web. Certainly. And he did all 140 or so North American releases. I did ask him jokingly if he did the three uh, uh, Bikini Babes uh, unlicensed CDs. He said, no, I did not do those. The ones right behind Ian somewhere on the shelf. Oh, the ones with Local the... Hawaiian girls, uh, bikini, bikini Girls, and there's another one in Hawaii. There's two ones with Hawaiian. It's all awful. They're just image. Awful, uh, image grainy-ass right? yeah. images. Yeah. That like they're so, still censored. Something like it's weird. There's like black bars on the on. You can go on YouTube and search for them. Don't they're, they're, they're on there. They're technically games, but they're not. It's a slideshow. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad there. It's bad. Uh, you know what's good, Ian? A switch update. Switch update. An update. Update. Also oh, uh, tonight, an update. So yesterday, the the one thing that everyone has been asking. Not well. There's been a couple things people have been asking for on the Switch since it was released. But a lot terms, of things in terms of the. Uh, home menu and the OS, and I think the two things people wanted, I'm, I think people are still surprised that Nintendo has not added customizable themes and theming to it. Every every company does it. Nintendo did it so hard uh, for the 3DS that they had a crane game, you know, added oh, really? in where you could get badges to, cust- yeah, that was huge, customize, you know, uh, the layout of your uh, home screen on the 3DS. I don't know if they think it makes them look more adult, but it's silly. Uh, it's silly when Nintendo has a good thing that they do, and then they just decide to not do it anymore. Uh, so themes are not there. However, you can now, and no idea why it took this long, you can make folders. So you can organize your games in folders. That would have been great to have, I don't know, four fucking years ago when I was by, like, <laughs> so I could have organized my games as I went. I have no desire to go through my massive well, Switch catalog and, and organize everything Could you at, at least, this like, point. move the icons to alphabetize them? Well, I mean, you can set them to just alphabetize. So that's what I do. I just go through. I, I think of the game I want to play and I scroll right? through. Yeah, and uh, I go through by al- alphabet. Is it vertical? No, you can scroll vertically you, or horizontally. Uh, you go, you scroll horizontally until yeah. you get to the end and then you see, you go to all all games and then it does a like five across and then lists down and I just look at them alphabetically. I, I, that's such a, I could not have taken a lot of coding effort to put in fucking folders. 
No, I swear I, to fucking I, God. I mean, I love Nintendo like systems and a lot of their first party games, but I swear as soon as one person mentions a good idea that they didn't think of themselves, Nintendo purposely goes, despite. we're not putting it in for five well, years. Well, we had plans to put it in the folders, but now we're not going but to. But now we're for, not going to because someone fi- wants it. For five years. years. Once, the, once, it's, once the, you're, you're in middle age of your console, you're going to put in folders. I did think about that at one point. I was looking at it, I was like, huh. How would they? Because you know, on an iPhone, you you can drag them and two icons yeah. together, makes a folder. You yeah. Know? So is I tried like doing that like immediately when I got my Switch. And I was like, why is this? Why can't I do this? So how do you do it? You have to like say create folder and then drag them in. Is that how it works? Yeah, uh, I think so. I don't know. I mean, and, and, and I just want to remind people again, this was something that was. Uh, this you, you, you could you could do this on the 3ds. You could do this on the 3DS. I don't know if you could do it on the 3DS from the word go, but by the time I had a 3DS, you could do it. I think Nintendo likes trolling. I think I think that's something they secretly enjoy trolling. They also boosted a uh, Bluetooth volume, and they did some Bluetooth headphone uh, or whatever uh, compatibility updates, but that's about it. Here. Good for them. Uh, did you check out the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe boosters? I, I did, course? and I've been having fun with it. Um, Was so, there controversy about this? or people? Uh, well, okay, so it's fun. Um, I don't have the energy to get into controversial topics. It's uh, they're not the greatest looking. Some of them are. Or all well, are? they they all have a, a pretty impressive amount of fog. Uh, that that like when you play when you go from one of the new tracks to like one of the original tracks or one of the original booster course tracks, um, you can tell that there was obviously a lot more effort and care put into it. That said, I don't think they're ugly. They're simplistic. Um, they're fun to play. I like pretty much all of the new tracks. The Ninja House track, which is from World Tour, the Ninja Hideaway, mm-hmm. is uh, like quickly one of my favorite tracks. It's really clever. I think it's fun. I like it a lot. Um, they added uh, Toad Ridge from DS, which I really like. They added Choco Mountain, which is Vani's favorite Mario Kart track, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. And I... I kind of had a feeling that going into this, that might be the case. They're adding 48 tracks for 25 bucks to a game that is... Or you get the expansion pack and they throw it in. Uh, yeah, nearly a decade old at this point, I feel like, between the so, Wii U versions. So, so for a lot of people, this is going to be free. Not to everyone, but well, it's going to be free if you got the expansion pack. you got to see how many people really got the online expansion pack. Expansion pack. But oh, sure. um, I think for t- the $25 value, if this is how the it is value. going forward, uh, I think it's fine. And I'm enjoying playing new tracks again. You, you pay 25 bu- bucks once, right, for all yes. the different boosters. Yeah. Got it. For the 48. Got it. Well, yeah, it's, it's 50 cents a... I, I, I don't have the energy. To I, don't, I don't either. So they're, obviously, they're I, not- I cannot... Com- I mean... They're not broken. <laughs> they're fun to play. Broken, broken. They're tracks. just not as nice looking. Not as nice looking. Yeah. Maybe they're just not. They're not as polished. But they still. The track is the fine. Yeah. The tracks yeah. are. It's it, it's it's the outside stuff. It's the the window dressing and whatnot is is oh, not nearly of the same level. That's. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's fine. So it looks a little bit quote unquote dated versus the other ones. Okay, looks more like the Wii. They just don't look as they don't look as <laughs> active. Wii. They look a little, they look a little bit emptier. They they don't look well, quite as active. And like I said, there does seem to be a bit of a, was that also part of because some of these cores the, were from consoles that didn't have all that stuff going on. Yeah. Yes, and when they took those tracks originally, they beefed them up and they added a lot for the original run of Mario Kart Eight. It doesn't look like they're quite doing that gotcha. now, but they're also putting out forty eight tracks in two years. Oh, Choco Mountain. I remember Choco Mountain from sixty. From looking at what you get here, um, what about how what, what, how are the Mario Kart Tour ones? Being that those were more simplified because you weren't playing it like on a controller, how did those um, translate over? I, w- I would say pretty good. Uh, the Tokyo track I like. 
um the paris track is is fun enough it is a, they are like a little bit visually more simple okay. um however the ninja hideaway track which was mario kart world tour as well um honestly with a, a little bit of graphic polish that track would be that would i, I personally feel favorite? like that would be a standout on mario kart 8 wow like it looks it, it looks a little bit better it's a very nice track i like it. you got one two three three tour. from world tour um, one from uh, DS, one from 3DS. Two from DS. Two from 3DS. Two from 3DS. One, I'm sorry. One from DS. One from 64. Yeah. One from GBA, yep. it looks like. I like the GBA. And one from too. Wii. Uh, you got the Coconut the, Mall. The Mall. The Mall. Which everyone, is, everyone loved the Mall. The Mall is fun. The Mall is the one everyone remembered. Yep. From that one, right? Yeah, that's a really good track. All right. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, ch- I'll put in 25 bucks, whatever. That's probably the game I played the most on any uh, Nintendo console. I'll put it this way: if you if you are uh, one of those people like me who uh, even a month ago was still playing Mario Kart Eight, um, it's a no brainer to get the expansion. Sure. And then Wrestle Quest, Ian. That looked good. Mega Cat Studios uh, announced a trailer or released a trailer announcing a game called uh, uh, Wrestle Quest. Um, it's got a great great pixel art style. Um, it's going to have oh. it's going to have actual uh, you know uh, appearances by wrestlers in there. Um, I believe Macho Man Randy Savage is supposed to. Yeah, he's right uh, there. In the this. names are different. No, Macho Man is a licensed wrestler in this. Well, you don't play as an OIC. No, there's a different. There's a different. Yeah. Um, no, there are definitely you got licensed the, wrestling the snakes in it. Yep. And, and Andre, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake. That's it. Yep. And uh, Macho Man. So it's more about... Someone brought up a question with this a few weeks ago. It's like, what if there was a game where that was more like an RPG behind-the-scenes stuff? It looks like this is incorporating some of that. And then it's obviously RPG-style RPG fights in the ring. Yep. Turn-based fights in the ring. Um, and I'm interested to see how those play out. You know, I've, you know, there's some fun stuff in the video. It shows you know one of the wrestlers uh, pinning uh, another wrestler. So I, I, I am really interested in seeing how it plays. It looks fun. Yeah, it does. It's one of those things that if you're a wrestling fan, or even if you're not, you're like, just like, oh, RPG-style, we're going to check this out. Yeah, it's like you travel around the world. It's like you start, you start like in, like yeah, it's like, almost like you start like in a backyard playing like a wrestling. It's, it's funny. So it's a real RPG. Yeah, it looks cute. Like with, like with the purse. Was that was that some was that some uh, some guerrilla marketing that that voicemail was like, hey, because that's basically what this game is almost. Yeah, it looks like. But maybe, maybe this is less behind the scenes. But it'd be funny to deal with like awful owners of organizations and fight for contracts. That would be fun with that. So that's it for this uh, this long-ass intro. Yeah, geez louises. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ian. Yeah? Um, I wanted to see if we could go a full month without talking about the Intellivision Amico. Like a full month. We're getting like a couple weeks in. I'm like, we made it a week. Uh, a couple and they're like, oh, this is this could be dying down. They're in their quiet period, which means that they're going to slink away and um, probably declare bankruptcy and go off into the night and and, and maybe not give back people's uh, refunds for pre-orders. I have been getting more word about some pre-order, uh, excuse me, some pre-order refunds. Money came back. Some have not. Uh, be very vocal about it. If you have not gotten, I've gotten direct uh, screenshots of multiple people saying, hey, I, I uh, emailed them a month ago. I said I don't have my money back. 
unfortunately, not everyone's going to get their money back. It seems uh, like they've been refunding people who they feel like might be the loudest about yes. not getting a refund. Like, like if I had pre-ordered, damn well they would have refunded me. Versus, For sure, you know, like that's the thing. Like they're they're, they're they don't want to give back all this money, obviously, because it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. But like, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I don't think you're um, just going to magically find this one hundred dollars back in your account if you don't ask for it. They're going to no. keep that. Um, no, I, I I saw a couple of uh, screenshots of someone that was like in the one of the Amico f- fan club groups was like a month ago saying I'm holding out hope I'm not getting my money back. And then next month I asked for my money back. Yep, I saw so that. That e- was even the special. Ho- even the hardcore. You don't want to call everyone a cultist, but even the hardcore fans that were just overly optimistic are like reading the writing on the wall. Some of them. Finally, yeah, are doing that, and some of these are just like sort of hardcore and television fans that want to continue the the legacy, even though there's no legacy really anymore to continue. Yeah, there do it's, seem to be some people who uh, are like, uh, you know, leaving the money in out of uh, this this misguided notion of support, and it's like you're not supporting anything about the company you once loved. This no. company that you that put was money Mattel. into that was Mattel. Yeah, this company that you've put money originally. into has given you literally nothing. That was Mattel. Mattel, Mattel created the Intellivision. And then they sold it to like the Intellivision group at like Mattel. Go, go buy some toys to support Mattel. Anyway, so in the midst of all this, um, on the uh, Intellivision underscore Amico Reddit, Ian, there was a, a revelation that happened uh, concerning one of the developers, a German developer oh. called, okay, German, of course, called Wasted Studio. There was a thread calling saying German grant money fall, asking what the hell happens with this. And then someone's named ZZ Boba said, I was told that the studio behind Moon Patrol, Wasted Studios, folded in 2021. And then they said the biggest, bigger fraud to me is them selling a physical product games while probably fully aware of the fact that these games are far from finished. What? And console release is highly unlikely just to cash in some bucks to survive for a few more weeks. We pointed that out at the time. That's exactly what the playbook called for. Yeah. That's what happened. This, this wasn't anyone being benevolently being uh, like, you have all asked for this so many times. Did, didn't we predict that way several months before that they were going to sell the physical games yes. before the calls came out? We said that. And no one ever pushed back and said you were liars. Whatever. That's the thing. No one ever said, hey, from from Tommy or intelligent, hey, you guys are right. They only call out when we're wrong. If they were deathly silent, that's when we knew we got them. Yeah. We got them at that point. Um, so ZZ Bubba checked uh, uh, basically, uh, a website, northdata.com, which I guess talks about uh, uh, proceedings, legal proceedings in Germany. So this company, Wasted Studios in, in Munich, uh, Germany, was uh, was liquidated. They're, they were dissolved. Oh, in a legal proceeding. Huh. How about that? In uh, they were dissolved. They were formed, uh, registered. It looks like in late 2015, early 2016. In and, uh, and then liquidated and dissolved in July of 2021. Company no longer exists legally. And this is the company that did uh, Moon Patrol, which was the original app game. One of the more polished looking games, by the way. I'll give them credit. On sure. That. It was. Um, and then which, it, it got which, a playable. It, 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 it proceeded far and progressed far enough to get a public demo released to the yeah. public. Yeah. And then they did like one update on the app of the app. Remember, the, remember the, the disaster of the app that I criticized and they took it out. You had to find a fucking Amico, uh, an Intellivision logo and yeah. then QR re, like read on your 
it was like so convoluted just to load it up. It was like at that point, I'm like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're making it hard for me to get to the app. Uh, I had to find the fucking logo to, on my phone to, uh, to update, to get the app. It going. was an incredibly short demo, but it was, I mean, yeah, one it, level. It, it's Moon Patrol. It was competent it, enough. It was, it was a proof of concept. Yes. Uh, but they also did biplanes as well. Um, so they also did that one. And that one was showed off as well, as tournaments we'll get into. So, so I guess what, what ZZ Boba points out is this. Not only did this company... It's one thing for a company to dissolve, right? Mm-hmm. And no longer exist. But these games were shown at public events, and we'll go through the timeline, and then were sold... I got them right here for effect. I don't have the energy to make a big thing out of it. The physical products, two out of the eight, 25% of your physical products from a company that no longer existed by the time, time these came out was done. We know that these games were not finished. We know that what well, I hold my hand is technically not a game license. It's a promise of downloading a game once it's available and the system comes out. We know that. That's on the website. It's in the FA. It's an extra here. fancy IOU. Please believe us. We will get you this game at some point. These are trinkets. But they used this developer to make two of these trinkets. So this is how the timeline works, Ian. And, and AmigoGames.com also had a nice post uh, laying this down. And I don't know how I originally missed this a week ago, but I did. But now we're going to go through it here. So um, you have the, 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 the company's done July 13th of, of 2001. It's dissolved, right? Yep. It's fucking done. They go to Boomers. Almost in our backyard. They go to Boomers September 11th. What a date to go. Isn't that the one that they've showed biplanes at? Um, they showed, I think they might have shown biplanes. I think they might have shown Moon Patrol there. But they went and showed off games there. And that was September 11th. And people are saying, oh, I'm playing these games. This is fun. Um they did. They did. They did the uh, Crayola event as well, and they. And I think they definitely played uh, uh, least biplanes there, uh, like in the basement. Party. I don't think I've ever seen a picture uh, of biplanes, but I know people have said they played it. it. Yes. Yeah. So it was definitely there around this period. Then they go to Thanksgiving Point, Turkey Point, as you as Turkey you, Point Gobble Gobble, and that's where that picture. October. That's the that's where the picture of um, Moon, Patrol. Moon Patrol with filler text with Star Fox text was reported on, and it was texted about in Sam from Ars Technica, even tweeted about that at the time. Three months after, two to three months after the studio's already shuttered. After it's gone. So you have multiple events where two games are being shown by a company that no longer exists legally. So yeah. first I'll ask, why? Why are those companies, no lo- why is this company no longer in business? Um, were they not? And these are all. Spe- this is all speculation, obviously. Were, were they not getting paid out anymore from in, uh, in television entertainment to finish uh, the games? Did they have to survive based upon a revenue cut? And they thought that by now the system would actually be out or something to to finish it. What was happening? They obviously didn't finish these games. They couldn't even put in fucking placeholder text to me, which is which was said that at the time that was an embarrassment that they couldn't spend five minutes to write up a little description about Moon Patrol. Right, like you got to be kidding me! And, and then took a, a, another a games text wholesale. But what happened here to this studio? What happened to them? And why was a decision then made for those, for two of the more probably polished games then, knowing that the company is done with? 
to sell these fucking trinkets when you know the games are not finished or close to being finished. And not just that, the, the, the studio's gone to finish them. Why? Because, I mean, at that point, they're panicking. That's, they, they've already got the, that uh, timing-wise, that, that would also be around the, uh, is that, let's see, Sudesh? Yeah, we already talked. The, yeah, the Sudesh loan the was game, happening around this time. Uh, the Sudesh loan was happening around the time that the games September, went for sale. August, so this was. is, I mean, we, we said it. You said at the time they put on a public face and people helped them put on that public face. But oh yeah, that, YouTubers that, covered this. This was, this was this was the oh shit moment for Amico. I'm not calling them out, but Slopes Game Room did a weird thing where they brought in like six or seven different like uh, British UK uh, YouTubers yeah. to talk about these things. Yeah, and I'm just looking. at This is like, but these aren't games, right? I'm like, these aren't games you're looking at. These aren't games. These are. This points to a URL that has nothing there. That's literally what's there. Yeah. Um, so what happened to this company? And if someone like me would ask, if this studio no longer exists, are there other studios that came to some sort of end, uh, either publicly or legally or behind the scenes where they don't have money to continue working on this stuff? And obviously the morality or ethics, business ethics, of putting out products with a company that can no longer exist to complete the products is is obviously if it's not fraudulent, I don't know what it is at that point. I, mean, I don't know what it is. We know that the, none of the physical games were truly one hundred percent done. That that they sold. Sure. However, these these this, this, is a, this is just a slap in the face. This it, is beyond the pale. It, it's these not, two games are at least beyond. The, I'm not talking about uh, Brain Duel. How if that's ever done? You look at something like Brain Duel in the box. It looks like it's like it could be filler text or demo shit happening. But like these are games that potentially could never be finished. Let me see the biplanes. Oh, look at that! Very fun. These little dinky physical uh, products. By the way, we're talking about how cheap they are. Yeah, I had I had to get my hands on them. I had to. Someone had give me a few. I wanted to get get them all just to have them there. We don't know how far they're completed. We don't know. Uh, if we don't know, like if it, it was one thing, if it'd be one thing to say at the time, well, we're going to finish these in house at Intellivision, even though they don't have it in in house. There's it's all second second party. One point so five, one point five party. So like they they communicated nothing of this before putting these games on sale, and now I invite everyone to to reach out to the devs of all these other uh, physical products. Don't harass, but be like, hey, what's happening? Are these games finished? Did you know, hell, ask them, did you know they're going to come out with physical products of these? Did you communicate any hesitation about this? I'm not comfortable. If you were a dev, Ian, would you be comfortable putting out a game that you know is not finished, a physical game? Would you think that's kind of weird? Oh, yeah, I would, I would think that sucks. That would suck. That sucks. Like, I want, I want to know what they think about this. Yes, especially if part of the reason why they might have gone out of business is that, oh, we're not getting funds to continue this. So right. we're not getting funds to continue our game, but you're going to make money putting out a trinket based upon the work up to that point. Yep. That's what they did. Like, I, you don't think this can get any lower, that it, but it gets lower. It gets lower. And they smile, and Hans is in Poland somewhere. Here's the assembly, assembly line of these fucking trinkets getting made. This shows we're a real company. This shows the concept. It doesn't show shit. It shows nothing. It shows contempt for your consumer base, yeah. and it shows you just how desperate you are. That's what it showed. Extremely I desperate. Cannot, and I just—I brought up in the intro, Ian, uh, that I watched the uh, the Big Short. Yes. 
And and one of the characters, the Steve Krill character, he's a guy in, in, in finance, so he obviously knows what it works. But he has ethics. And he, he wanders through the movie wondering, how could you sell these securities that are worthless? How could you make money out of this? How could you screw over people on bad mortgages and get bonuses? For, how could you do all this? And here's the answer. People, a lot of people don't fucking care. As yeah. long as they get theirs, they don't fucking care uh, who, they, who they have to uh, pull a trick on. They don't worry about future consequences. They just, they just put it out there. Yep. And it may not be always, uh, you know, uh, bad intentions. What's that dumb quote? The, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Path to hell is paved with good intentions, yes. Or whatever, the road to hell. Road so to it didn't start out, you know, fraudulent. It became uh, fraudulent along the way. I've seen this echoed uh, a lot, and I, I, I've said it for a long time now, but I've seen it echoed a lot lately. Um, it all goes back to the fact that the uh, one-time CEO has a love affair with the book called The Secret. Uh, he literally just thought talking about this idea was going to bring people to him. I think oh, he, the, the, the magnetic draw of yes, talent, of, yes. people doing things that he can't or be qualified right. for. I, I think yeah. he felt that he was a big, felt big enough about himself that just talking about this idea and getting people excited, I feel like he thought he'd have people knocking down the door to work with him on it. And it didn't. And the money never came like he thought it was going to. So they just well, strung it along for three years for ego. You, you might have had that happen. But from my sources say uh, this became a thing where any dissent internally at Intelligent Entertainment, you were you were you, it was uh, uh, quashed or you were gone. Well, so so like anyone with probably a reasonable criticism like podcasters. Oh, you're a naysayer. You're a negative Nancy. We don't want you around, even though you need that in order to have your company come through with a with a decent product. I really want the the story. I want to know more than anything is the story of the controller, because that was clearly uh, something that Tommy wanted and Tommy just had to have was that controller. And that was worked on well more advanced of the system was that controller. And you you I I looked at the Intellivision website recently. I can't remember why I was looking, but um, they talk about how much. Uh, they're like, you know, this doesn't look like a normal. It's in the FAQ. Uh, you know, that doesn't look like a normal controller. Why? Uh, you, mm, tons and tons of research, market research showed this is the. No, there was no market bullshit, research. Done. Bullshit. There was no, no market research no. done. Every person we know who's touched it has, except for some of the, the shills, has been like, this is weird. Weird at best, or this is what's holding everything back at, yes. at, at worst. But they were married to it immediately. As we know, right? Because I uh, gotta look like the Intellivision. It's it's all for fucking show. You get a coin, you get a lenticular card, and you get a, like a basically a hotel key card that points to a a, a, a unencrypted uh, a URL. That's what these things are. And people, some people would say, "Oh, these are gonna be worth money." They're not gonna be worth money. These are gonna be whole. These are gonna be liquidated in the bankruptcy hearings or whatever. They're gonna be liquidated. These are gonna be worth nothing. I I, I bought uh, some of these just to have them, and someone gave. I just wanted for the historical value. I fed into Stop it. making excuses. You bought it. It's fine. You've, you've excused it like three times already. <laughs> you bought it. It's fine. But um, I, I think what's going to happen uh, is that slowly you're going to hear employees speak out. Like I said, I get murmurings about things. Obviously, a company like this had a bunch of yes men. Obviously, mm-hmm. because you would not have had this shit happen. Had anyone been critical, that would not have come out. That would not have come uh, out of a company that was smart or had critical well, minds. Behind if you had a it. smart company, Tommy yes. would have thrown off, been thrown off a CEO sometime in early 2020 or even 2019, I'd say. Sure. Uh, but this goes back to the fact that um, when they took the pre-orders in early 2020, they knew the console wasn't coming out. 
in, two, in late 2020. Oh, yeah. No. That was fraudulent. I'll say that. In my opinion, that was fraudulent to do that. Yeah. To advertise the, the date the, the you excuse, know you're never going to hit. The excuse can be, oh, well, we'll finish it later. But at some point, you've got to uh, stop making it. No. It's, no, the excuse is that the chip shortage. The, the, the pandemic gave them a, a disgusting cover. Oh, no, I'm talking about oh, the for games. These. Yes. I mean, the console itself. That oh, was, the console, yeah. The, the console was the same sort of thing. We're going to promise you a console. We want your $100. Now we're going to promise you a console later this year. Even we know, we know it's not going to happen. We know that we don't have a firmware guy on the console. We're not going to get that guy till the summer, which that's when they really brought the heat at us, uh, all the cultists and shills. When we pointed out the, the common sense things, like how can you put out a console when you have to hire the people to work on the console still? And we're like five Yeah, that was away. really weird when we four started seeing away, those like away. job openings and they started being like, it's for accessories in 2021. No, that was a lie. Yeah, that of was course. a lie. That was a lie. Uh, of course. Um, so this is compounding it, but I guess seeing this is like, not that it crystallizes seeing a company go out of business that was working on this or be dissolved. Uh, never good, by the way. But yeah, I want to know now. Uh, I want a journalist to find out some of these other companies, what's happening. I want journalists to pound the pavement and find out what's happening with these other devs. Yeah. Unless they're under NDAs. Uh, at some point, those NDAs become worthless. Um, we, we do know that, like, I, I did hear that, for example, uh, uh, my inside uh, sources saying that, for example, the um, I always forget the breakout dev, one of the only good looking games. Uh, uh, choice provisions. I ha- did hear they were not happy with their game being shown uh, at the E3 presentation last year. Oh, right. That, that was uh, something that may have been unapproved for them to continue down that. So choice provisions may have been done at that point. Well. Choice Provisions is also an actual video game company yes. that has released many good games that I've enjoyed. <laughs> like, I, I wonder now if Intellivision put out that PC demo. I wonder if they had permission to do that. And maybe that's maybe where it happened. Remember, remember the PC demo yep. of Breakout where you can use your mouse to play? You need a controller, a fancy controller. I wonder if that happened. God, these are, these are so cheap, these things. Yeah, they You're right, I do feel dirty for having gotten them. By the way, this is great. This is the one thing pointed out. They got the font messed up. For some reason, in biplanes, they didn't go boldface like the other. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Just little errors like that, which is just, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not even. And then Tommy tried to say, whoa, that's going to be part of the the fact that this is the the first first run of these. Like there's going to be a second or third. Oh, Um, shit. I just want to throw out uh, Whoa, Dave uh, was a game by uh, Choice Provisions that I love. And I used to play all the time on the 3DS. And there is a Whoa, Dave Deluxe on Switch. Uh, for four ninety nine, came out in twenty fourteen, but I'd highly recommend you spend your five dollars on that. There if you, you want to support a dev, oh, if you want to support uh, one of the devs of of, of what could have been. Uh, sp- speaking of game journalists, I'll just bring this up. There's a certain uh, occultist game journalist that prides itself on being an old school game journalist that not only does that and attacks people like us, but has gone out of their way to uh, slander Sam and libel Ars Technica about their coverage of this the entire time. Hey, um. Hey, uh, game journalist, why don't you ask Tommy and look into the intelligence and look into this company, Wasted Studios, and figure out why they were dissolved and figure out how far along some of these physical product uh, games are. Yeah. Use, use all your uh, heralded game journalism skills to actually investigate and look into something that your quote-unquote friend uh, uh, did. Why don't you do that instead of running cover for the guy because you're in love with them? Why don't you do that? Yeah. Can I call Zadok paid a piece of shit again? Oh, you can do, okay, you, I just wanted to make sure. Time. I just wanted to make sure that everyone... You can do it that. every time if you want. I'm just saying, like, 
It's 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 a caricature. The problem with this is that you couldn't make a movie out of this because Tommy's so unlikable. Like you can't follow. He has like almost nothing redeemable. Like, you can't follow him around for ninety minutes and just see the downward spiral of right. good intentions. You have to find like someone inside in television. It's almost like uh, the room. You got to find like the, the guy palling around with the guy. To be like, hey, this is not right. That's how you got to write this movie. There, I just figured it out. You need someone to be like the right hand man that's trying to like point it in the right direction and constantly gets. Oh no, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm doing here. That's what's going to happen. There, anything else to add? Or you know, it's just like I can't even get super agitated because I'm like I'm tired. Uh, but like I just think it's incredible that a quote unquote game journalist goes after a real game journalist about something they should investigate themselves at some point in time. I just think it's hysterical. Yeah, it's nuts. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find and buy the insurance you need. Head to policygenius.com slash podcast and answer a few questions. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. The team of licensed experts at Policy Genius will help you understand your options and apply for the policy you choose. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you're covered. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Policy Genius also doesn't sell your info to third parties. Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. Policy Genius has options that offer coverage in as little as a week. And you avoid unnecessary medical exams for your insurance. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed over $120 billion in coverage. Head to policygenius.com slash CU podcast to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. Ian, uh, once a year, we, we, we go over the Video Game Hall of Fame finalists. Buddy. We do it's, it's girl it's, scout cookies in the spring and video game hall of fame yep it's, <laughs> uh so these were announced just last week um wanted to go over them uh so some big ones uh some returners big big ones some 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 big uh potential uh choices this year um some returning choices from previous years um and one that i am particularly excited to see on the list we'll go through them so assassin's creed is on this year um that's one of the first ones that honestly i, I don't really understand did you uh, mention this, this is a museum of play oh museum of play the strong museum okay yeah they do it every year yeah because obviously they they have uh, toys they have video games yep. um, they have a bunch of stuff I've, in- I've been there uh the actual location is uh, the whole museum is awesome. Uh, it's in Rochester. Yeah, which wasn't in Rochester. It's the only thing I know. Rochester is a nice area, but it's it's there's nothing ever. There's no reason for me to ever be in Rochester. That's Get a it. garbage plate. Go to the museum. <laughs> That's the weekend. You Get can do it in the, You can actually do all of that in the museum. Really? They have a gar- they have a Bill Gray's located in the museum. Bill Gray's. That's Bill it. Bill Gray's is one of the one of the famous places for garbage plates. So Assassin's Creed, this is going to be the one that I'm going to say right off the bat. I, I just don't get. Um, I know it's a popular series, but it seems to be popular simply for the sake of its perseverance in getting a release every 20 fucking games year until um, the end of time. And I mean, I know it's just it's never been a series. I know people like it, but they got a movie. It's <sighs> it, it, I, I don't. I guess I don't understand necessarily what makes this stand out or important. Did it popularize like historical action games like that? Maybe 
Is right. That why? So they said it, they, it debuted in 2007 as a sequel to the popular Prince of Persia franchise, but yeah. quickly stood on its own. The open world act. I mean, it, it, it is one of the earlier, more successful open world games. Yeah, I, I guess this could make it like down the road. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? That's fine. What Candy Crush Saga. Get it. Uh, haven't played it, but I understand it. I mean, it, you're, it's, you're telling people get it, or you get it. I get it. A, a I get finalist. It. Yeah, I, I get why it's a finalist. Um, I, you know, wasn't a wasn't a bus ride or a train ride that I would take to work where I wouldn't sit down and notice or hear someone playing. It's one of the first big smartphone games. Yep, if not Candy the first Crush. big one. Like, I mean, how many hundreds? Okay, oh, sorry, sorry, three billion downloads. Uh, popularized the free to play model. Was that was that was that was that a a, a, a three thing? Uh, I think similar to that. Yeah, kind of. I never really played Candy Crush. A match three? That's what they call it. Tile matching? Dance Dance Revolution? Absolutely, I understand it. I don't know if it'll get in this time. I mean, the game, uh, it was one of the first incredibly popular music games. It was one of the first games that um, I remember, you know, people watching for announcements of it coming uh, over to the U.S. It it took over, I mean, arcades for Years. I would definitely put this in if no for no for no other reason that this will be the only game guaranteed to probably always have like an arcade release. Like this will always be like yes. a staple. Sure, they always do the upgrade. You know what I mean? Like you're almost always going to see a DDR machine in an arcade, and, or even at a Dave and Buster's. You know, until the end of time. Like this is there's something to that. And it's I guess. funny to me because uh, I remember we used to travel to play DDR, and then oh, it, no. it very quickly got to the point where. Yeah, it, we used to travel to play DDR, and then, you know, within the course of a couple of years, we saw how p- the popularity rise, and then, I mean, it's, it, you're right, every every arcade of even a decent size has a DDR machine in it now. Yeah, and they've been around forever, and obviously you can just do the software upgrades, the same controller, yep. so, like, it's almost like it's, like, future-proofed. It's fun. DDR, it's, it's just, it's, it's, good time. it's a directional pad that you stomp on, I mean. And get a little, get a little bit of a aerobic workout. I, I reviewed uh, the, the Disney DDR in a certain N64 guidebook. Yeah. And I used the pad. I got the pad. <laughs> there you go. I put it through its paces. Uh, Ocarina of Time. Yes. I get it. I didn't like it, but, I mean, it's the first 3D Zelda. It's one of the... I mean, it, 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 took, it took what Mario 64 introduced and then blew it wide open. It was like, this yeah. is really what you can do with a 3D, uh, you know, a 3D uh, a game with free movement. 7.6 million copies worldwide. Off the top of my head, the N64 only did about 25 to 30 million. I'm honestly rate. surprised that, I, that we talked about attach rates recently. That's, I'm surprised that's not higher, to be N64 honest with you. sales. So, like... Let's see how many did you while you talk about it. The only thing I would say about this, I did thirty three, did thirty three. So that's uh, Pat Math. That's one. It's like twenty eight percent, twenty nine percent, something like that. That's, that's good. That's, that's outstanding. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what Zelda usually does, right? You're not going to have everyone buy a Zelda game, but you get a chunk. No, I just you know. figured it might be higher on the sixty four because there was less. Gotcha. There was you know gotcha. less that was appealing. Um, yeah, but that's a harder game for like little kids to get into versus Mario Kart. But I get it. Um, the only thing I was gonna say is that so now you're gonna you're you're not just doing like franchises. This is gonna be individual games for the Hall of Fame itself. Getting into logistics, will this come back? Like, will you do Breath of the Wild like years and years later? Like, I'm guessing that can get messy. I'd rather have like the staples start off and then you know what I mean. It's like it's like the, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. You have like Ric Flair in like two three times as himself. You have them with the four horsemen. I'm just like, right. think of logistics. I don't want to see a Zelda game every year. It's not my, it's not my museum, though. It's not, it's not my Hall of Fame. Well, for instance, you know? I don't think Link to the Past would get into the museum. It's a, it's a, it's a popular game. But it didn't do anything. But like, it didn't, it, 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 all it did was go back to the top-down style, but prettier. It was a super version of Legend of Zelda. Right. 
Um, good old Minesweeper. Minesweeper, a game that I hated as a kid, and as I've learned how to play it, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, you never knew how to play it? As a, well, as a kid, I did, but I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And then I sat down about five years ago and started playing Minesweeper again. I was like, this is fun. I never knew about the double-click thing until last year. I, uh, I, I didn't know about What's that. What's double-click? So you hold the one button, you press the other, and it clears all the area where there can possibly be no mind. You don't have to, like, it's a weird, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. a, it's like a fast-forward sort sure. of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does. It takes out some of the time for you. I was like, I didn't know about that. Not not talking about when you click and there's nothing. There's like another. I didn't know about because there's actually Minesweeper speed runs. Oh yeah. And what's interesting about that is it's you have to get a good run because it ran, it's randomized. You don't yes. get all the same thing. So there's literally I did not know about that. Ms. Pac-Man is, I mean, one of the. Finest. I was going to talk about Minesweeper. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, Minesweeper has been played by. How many people have played Minesweeper? That's the thing. It's like, it's there's uh, there's other preloaded games like Solitaire. In good old uh, the pinball game. Well, Solitaire got added. Oh, that's right, it did. Yeah, did, was it a finalist or was it added? I'm pretty sure Solitaire was added. Okay, uh, I, I'm fairly certain. Um, and then I, the only other one that I want to see is uh, I want to see Galactic Pinball get added. That's the one. Yeah, that's a, that, was, that was a good game. It is. It's fun. And I, I actually once uh, went out of my way, and I don't know how many people have ever done this because no one talks about. Them. I pirated the other. Uh, tables in that pack instead of buying it yeah i i, I ended up with the other tables in that oh, pack and 15 year old uh, they're fun okay miss pac-man i think it's one of the best examples of an idea perfected uh in an iteration um they took a great uh basic idea and added just enough to it to add some variety um and spice to it. I also think spice. The, I also think the history of Ms. Pac-Man, uh, how it basically started as a mod, um, is incredibly interesting. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I, absolutely. If Ms. Pac-Man doesn't go in this year, that's a that's a fucking tragedy. Solitaire did go in, but by the way, we would say these are finalists. You still have to vote on. You have yes. a few weeks to vote. So it looks like none about, of these are guaranteed. There's only 32 in, so they do about four a year. One, two, three, four, five. Six. They do four four, four yep. a year, like four or five a year. So like these aren't. And this is why they come back. So Ms. Pac-Man is the most most uh, popular uh, arcade game of all time. You can say from that alone it should be in. From that alone, yeah, it was it was it was it it was part of the boom of the golden age of of, of arcade games. It was the first uh, prominent uh, female character in a video game. Uh, like you said, it perfected Pac-Man. And made it more colorful and more complex. Yeah, other like, versions of Pac-Man uh, are fun, but nothing is no, is is is, no, is, is as no. perfect. Every everything else seemed extraneous and weird. Ms. Pac-Man Pac was plus, a natural evolution. Super Pac-Man, Pac Plus, Pac-Man Junior, Pac and Pal. Pac. I always forget about Pac. I always forget. Always there's always because I don't the, think Pac and Pal ever came out over here. Um, those never arcades. got Pac-Man right. Those games are all fundamentally and they're they're well, flawed. Well, they're neat and they're like. fun, but they're, they're yeah. Gets. yeah. Like like Super Pac Man has like what you get the big you get the big Pac Man or whatever and you go through the 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 doors okay, sort of like yeah. like they're gimmicked like yes. it got away from the simplicity Miss Pac Man and Pac Man are both there is no gimmick in Miss Pac Man it's yes. it, I mean uh, at the time you could say the gimmick was the moving fruit or the changing mazes but it's that's gimmick, that's just evolution of a yeah. game of game design no yeah no changing the, the, the shape of the of the of the maze was natural progression yes exactly. You know, making that one easier where it's like there's no way out of the top or bottom. Like, that's that's great that they did that. All right, what's next year? NBA Jam. I, uh, NBA Jam is one of the ones that is returning, I believe, from two years ago. I would love to see NBA Jam uh, get into the Hall of Fame. I think NBA Jam is important in that it was one of the first sports games that appealed to, I, I mean, anyone. 
mass cultural phenomenon. Yep. And um, it was a sports game that, unlike a lot of sports games at that time, that really tried to hammer home how realistic they were. Um, you know, and, and digitized graphics and, and, and digitized graphics and also tried to, you but, know, hammer home the realism of the gameplay and the plays. This was one of the first sports games to realize, uh, hey, maybe we don't need to go for that. We can go for arcade pick up and play fun. You, and, yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden, and, and it's really at that point, I mean, you can say arch rivals, but NBA Jam was the first. From that point on, the whole idea of like these loose interpretations of sports games exploded. This also coincides with with uh, basketball blowing up and going like international. Yeah, ninety three. This is right after the Dream Team. Yep. Uh, this is Jordan at his at his uh, the first of the trilogy, the first of his two trilogies of titles at the the cap of here. Uh, supposedly, uh, obviously Jordan's not in this game because of his likeness, but supposedly he got one made, and there is supposedly a, a version of the game with Jordan in it that's out there. I remember they, I mentioned it was it Trammell said that. I forget who said that at, uh, at, at Midway. Uh, but one of them said, like, yeah, we have the board sitting around somewhere. I got to find it. That would be great. Shaq had one in his house even after he was taken out of the game. Yeah. He was in it for the first year, him and Barkley. Then they were taken out because they had their own game licenses for the license. So, like, that's probably the first time you hear about, like, LeBron James brought it up last week at a press conference playing NBA Jam. Yeah. He said, he said yeah, I used to play as, uh, I think he mentioned Seattle. And then he mentioned- I used to always play as uh, Charlotte. Uh, I think he mentioned Charlotte. He mentioned a couple of teams. And I'm like, that's amazing because LeBron James at the time was only like, let's see, LeBron James is 37. Pat Math, he was born in, what is that, 85. Um, he was like only eight years old. Right. And he was getting on board with that. I'm not saying that was helped him discover basketball, but it doesn't, doesn't hurt. That game was everywhere, NBA Jam. Yeah. That was the one you go to drug fair and they had that. I, I, just, I played my cousin at drug fair. Yeah. That NBA Jam and they had... Um, I think like cruising, or they had like Mortal Kombat. They had like three games, and they always they always NBA Jam, and you always played a full game. That I think it was one of the first games where like you begrudgingly put in that dollar, and you're like this is worth it. This is worth it to put in a quarter per quarter of game. Probably one of the first games I did that too. Prep of the rapper. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, I mean, even before DDR, kind of one of the 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 games that really introduced the rhythm game genre to the world. Um, also notable for the uh, incredible art style. Um, I think Parappa definitely deserves a place in there. You've got two rhythm games yeah, this year, though. Game. And while I think Parappa the Rapper was definitely closer to the original, I feel like DDR is probably yeah. the more important one worldwide. Yeah, cultural impact. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be DDR for sure. Um, Resident Evil. I introduced the survival horror genre. Um, really took 3D graphics uh, to the next level by using the pre-rendered backgrounds. Um, introduced, you know, cinematic camera shots to video games. Uh, First suspense. Real, real successful movie uh, franchise on a video game. True. They did like, what, nine of them or eight of them? Whatever the fuck. I think they're, they're still, still doing them. There's, there's a fucking TV show coming out in June. Yeah. It's so, a lie. Yeah, that's right. They did a new movie. It's like a reboot movie. A year or two ago, so they did that. So that's big. I also don't know that I... I feel like there's too many other... I'll get to that right at the end. I feel like the picks for me are fairly obvious for three of them here. So I think there's a lot that aren't going to get in that will we'll definitely be brought back. This is my big one, Rogue. I fucking love Rogue. Um, Rogue absolutely deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, not just because it's a good game, but it... I mean, it brought procedural generation to video games there is not an indie game i mean well there are there are very few indie games being made in the market today and very few triple a games um 
well, less than those that try to work some sort of randomization and procedural genera- generation into a game to keep things fresh. Um, the amount of indie games that are roguelikes or roguelites, um, and, and some of them being hugely popular, one of the most adored games last year, Hades, is an action roguelike. So are you are you saying it should get in on the basis of it starting the procedurally generated thing is that versus the game itself or the well game I mean the game itself is very important I mean obviously because everyone copied it for the next okay. billion years I'm just saying like because like Cabal's never gonna get in but that was the first third person shooter game you know like that but it'll never get in you know what I mean like yeah it didn't uh, but it wasn't also it also wasn't really introducing any I, I mean procedural generation is fairly groundbreaking. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, that was the, sure. the first of the genre. That, at the time, that, that didn't exist. You know, like, so, like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how people are going to vote. You know, I'm so, guessing, let's see. So the mm-hmm. fans are voting real quick between March 17th and March 24th as part of a player's choice. Um, and then the three games that receive the most public votes will, will form one ballot and, then, and will join the other ballots submitted by members of the International Selection Advisory Committee. Now I want to be in that committee. I want to be like people that vote on the NBA MVP, like members of the sure. media and, and journalists. Oh, how do I get in that committee? <laughs> That's um, our goal. What's next? Sid Meier's Civilization. Abs- I mean, yes. I, fucking shoe it in. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I have nothing else to say. Just fucking boot uh, it across like, the finish I'm not line. saying the fans are going to vote on that one, but the committee will vote on that one. Yep. I mean, in, ter- in terms of it perfecting sort of the uh, the, the uh, turn-based strategy game, like it did it, like right there. Like you say, like that was the model going forward uh, for that. And obviously, it's it's a it's a near perfect game. Even the first one's a near perfect game. It's there's, a great game. There's it's, not it's much still fun when you go back to the original civilization. You look, yeah, they've added bells and whistles and more tech trees and things like that. And more, but a very more, fo- yeah. solid foundation but was like, introduced then and not and not changed a whole lot. But you can go. It's like Super Mario Brothers. Like that was that was the foundation and. Every game after Super Mario Brothers is pretty much Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. It has the same mechanics. You know, it's just, we're just expanding on it. And Words with Friends. A ripoff of Scrabble that everyone plays. I don't like Words with Friends. Um, I, know, I know people that have liked it. I love Scrabble, and I hate playing on a different fucking board. I will say this. I don't think this is going to get in either way. No. Um, I think, obviously, if you're going to do a game, you do Candy Crush. If you're going to do a mobile game, because that yep. obviously was... Yeah, you said it's derivative... Um, it also was very a uh, fad. It was a fad. More, that, uh, I mean, a lot of people still play it. But it's, but it's like World, though. Everyone knows about it now, and a year from now, people are going to be playing it, but it's like it, it, everyone plays this one game. I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be anti-smartphone uh, you know, game. I would not put this in the Hall of Fame. Here are my three that I think are definites with a couple of with my uh, two options for my maybes on four that I would like. So Candy Crush, I think, is a shoe in I think Ms. Pac-Man is a shoe in and I think Civilization gets in this year. We only pick three, not four? Well, no, you pick four. Those are the okay. three that I think are... Fan those votes. are the ones that I think are like, those are getting in. Then I would really... I, I don't think Rogue is getting in this year. I would love to see it get in this year. Again, I, I would love to see NBA Jam get in. It's the second year yeah. they've brought back NBA Jam. I think it's an important game. It's loved. Um, I think there's plenty of time for most of these other games. I think there's plenty oh, yeah. of time for Resident Evil. There's yeah. plenty of time for Zelda. Uh, we got the Solitaire in. As much as I like Minesweeper, I don't know that it necessarily needs to be in the you know the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed, I feel like, is too early, and that's like one of the only ones besides Words with Friends where I really just don't understand why it's here. Yeah, this isn't like this isn't like Major League Baseball. You have ten years to get in the Hall of Fame, right? You know, so this is the four I think are going to get in based upon fan versus the committee. I think you're going to see DDR. I think you're going to see Candy Crush. Oh, DDR. Yes, I'm sorry. I think you're going to see DDR for sure. You're going to get an arcade game. You're going to get the mobile game Candy Crush. Then after that, you're going to get Civilization. And then I think you're going to end up getting 
either Resident Evil or Minesweeper. I would probably say Resident Evil. I think over Ms. Pac-Man. I think Ms. Pac-Man is going to be left out because Pac-Man's already in for now. And they're going to wait. Mm, that's okay, that's a good point. Uh, and then NBA Jam, I think, will come back for a third time to get in. But yeah, and the more I look at, it, I think if I was if I wanted to put money on it, I think yeah. it would be DDR, Candy Crush. Ms. Pack in Civilization, but you make a good argument for Ms. Pack. Yeah. And I think they, at that point, it's not going to go to Assassin's Creed. It's going to be Ocarina of Time or, yeah, it's going to be Resident They're Evil. basically following, uh, which I kind of like, the NFL model of the Hall of Fame, Ian, mm-hmm. uh, has, they only take a certain amount each year. Right. And then you can come back, but they go, who are the best this year? Right. And that's how they do it. So eventually you get, okay, these are still good players, but they're not, the, so that's what I mean. They really take that seriously. That's how they're kind of doing it. And I think, I kind of respect that. Let's get the most important ones in first, and then eventually we'll get down to the, the B-plus ones, if that makes sense. Sure. So what I say, I say Civilization, I think Resident Evil. You said Candy Civ, Crush, Resident Evil, Candy Crush, and DDR. Yeah, because you already have a Zelda game, Assassin's Creed, eh. Parappa's not important enough culturally. Miss Pac-Man, you already have Pac-Man. Minesweeper, you already have Solitaire. NBA Jam, eh. Rogue, eh, it'll get there eventually, but it's not, you know what I mean? And Words with Friends, eh. You got the other one. The only thing I could see about maybe there being an upset with Rogue is because Rogue likes and Rogue Lights really are at, like, the okay. pinnacle of the fever. Okay. But I, I, I still don't think Rogue makes it in this year. Sure. Ian, we got a, we, we got a, a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. You go, you pay, you uh, get uh, writings, which I'm behind on. Sorry, it's been busy. I will get one done today. Uh, we also do the bonus segments. We do the full video podcast. We do poll questions. We do hangouts. Uh, we do it all. We do it all, Ian. With a smile on our face and a beer in our hands. It, oh, this is a close one. In second place, what is a quote in quotes normal YouTuber? There was an article put out about our friend uh, Norm. We wanted to go over that. 44%. And in first place, 56% hardest games we have played slash beaten. So my big proud video game accomplishment is not, I've mentioned it before. But I don't think it's one that a lot of people uh, would find all that impressive. Um, but it, 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 it's big for me. Uh, it, I, had, I, I, I had to get back into a game that I, I loved. Uh, I abandoned all the cheats. I learned strategy to it. And I went through all of Doom 2 with no codes on uh, not Nightmare, but Ultraviolet. Okay. Nightmare, I don't... Nightmare, they respawn. It's almost Nightmare fair. is where they respawn, and at yeah, that point... You're, you're I, speed running almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. And that game does get fucking brutal. Doom 2 is tough. In the later levels. Like, it's it's yeah. fucking tough. Yeah, and I, I can't remember... Because this was before I moved out here. It was, like, right before I moved out here. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I did... To challenge myself, I think I allowed myself... Um, only, like, one or two quick saves per level. So if I died or fucked up, it was either go or, or like, you know, ran out Trump of ammo. Is, Trump, I, yeah, I only, I only allowed myself a certain number of, 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 of checkpoints per level. Like you was like a halfway point. Almost. Yeah. So I, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't cheesing the, you were doing every five seconds. Yeah. I wasn't cheesing the quick saves. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's fun. And I, I sat there for two weeks. What it was is I was two weeks. I was, uh, it was a week to two weeks. It was in the last apartment I lived in in Buffalo. And I didn't have internet at that apartment. I mean, that's crazy to think of like a time where like you might not have internet. Um, we didn't have internet. We didn't have an internet bill. And what I would do is I'd go home to my parents' house and uh, to do laundry once a week. Okay. And I would 
hop on my dad's computer, my parents' computer, and I would just doubt what I did at that point in time. I was going through a big shareware uh, uh, stage. Okay. Because, the, the, you know, a lot of people get really nostalgic for the Nintendo and stuff like that, and I get it, but some of my earliest best, like, nostalgia memories are, like, shareware and downloading stuff oh, off sure. of BBSs and stuff. So I was downloading, you know, like, the full Commander Keen and Secret Agent and Crystal Mines and all that. And Doom was up, so I would download all of these games, as, as many of these small games as possible, burn them to a CD, and then just take them back home and load them onto my computer, and then I sure. had shit to fuck around with if, you know, my roommates were watching TV or whatnot. So yeah, Doom 2 was one of them, and I brought it back, and I just, I sat there, and I remember, like, for three nights in a row, my roommate would come home and be like, what are you doing? And I'm sitting in the dining room playing Doom 2, and then, like... Every night he'd come home, he'd sit there and watch a little bit more and more, and then he got really into it, too. And, yeah, it was like a two-week process. I did a couple levels a night, because there's like 35, I think it's 30, yeah, Icon of Sin is level 35. So there's a lot of levels in that game. Oh, yeah. You didn't do the warp stuff or whatever, the little hidden stuff? No, no, I, that was the first time I've ever, that actually, my, beating it on uh, ultra uh, Ultraviolet, that was the first time I ever beat the Icon of Sin without cheating. Gotcha. Wow. I think this is, to, to me, is it the hardest to me or is it hardest, like, in general that people know about? Because to this day, there are people that are impressed that I can beat, you know, Contra without the 30 life code. So people can't do it. And while I, 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 not, uh, I don't try to diminish that yeah. accomplishment, but it's really, Contra is one of those games where I promise almost anyone, if you take the time to learn Contra, mm -hmm. you might not do it in one life, but you can definitely do it with the three they give you. That's what you. I mean. Like, even the three. It's plus, not. Well, it's, plus continues. Get continues. It just seems really hard. Yes. It's a hard game. It's not the hardest. Uh, Kari Warriors is hell on earth. That's my doom, too. Kari oh, Warriors is miserable, dude. <laughs> is a miserable game. The, the NES one. Yes. Yeah, the arcade yeah, game is actually a lot of fun. fun. You can strafe. I got this raving for the sequel. The sequel is a lot better. Um, Kari Warriors, the, my, my Chronics did the port. They did ports of some of that early stuff like um, Ghosts and Goblins. They're, they're, I don't know where my Chronics is. They should have went out of business, not wasted studios doing Amico games. Anyway, so Kari Warriors was hell on earth. And that's with the code, with ABBA to continue. That's one of the early one of the earliest NES codes known. Yeah, is that a, a, a lot ABBA? Of, uh, Call of Warriors was a, was a common game back then. There wasn't a lot of games out. Well, because it was uh, that's what I was going to say. It came out in one of those times where there was yeah. Right? Remember in '87, there's less than 100 NES games. Yeah. Um. So that's a game where even with two players, even with ABBA, you can get fucked in that game and still not beat it. You can get trapped. I never did. That game has has missiles that come down because you can get stuck. The game knows you can get stuck. There's the level with the pipes. You can get stuck. The game is broken. Missiles will fire down the, the screen, but I believe I remember it happening and the missile never hit me. Like, it's just, I was in a spot where the missile never came down. It was like the extreme side of the screen because the missile hits you, die, and you continue on. But there's still spots where you can restart at a stuck spot in the game. So that's like almost a, an extra layer of hell on top. Yeah. And then the last uh, the guy, I think it gets to a point in the game where you can't use the ABB. It gets to a certain point in the last stage where. The continue no longer works, and I always remember. If that yes, was it, it, okay, that's uh, what I was about to ask you because my brother and I did one day. We were like, "We're gonna fucking do this." Just this yeah. game sucks, but we're gonna do it, and we ABBA'd until suddenly ABBA didn't work anymore. Yes, I think it's like right near the end, not like the last stage, but like right near the end. So that's a hard. That could be legitimately. I I I, I said this one of the times before. I've never beat Ninja Turtles on the NES. I saw a no hit uh, speed run of that. Not speedrun, but a no-hit version of that. It was incredible. It was real, on real hardware. I would love to see... Fucking wild. 
I would love to see not even a no hit, which is death on one on one or three or four lives, whatever, without continuing, be the Kari Warriors one player. I would love to see that. That's that seems like that would probably be the ultimate. Maybe it's on. I'll look it up while I talk about it. Almost That's, all uh, every game that I've ever thought, hey, it'll, it's impossible to do this. I've seen a no hit or no death run of it. Let, yeah, I'm curious if Akari uh, arcade because that's sure. a lot better. Uh, here's one: no unintentional deaths. So they had to still kill themselves. I think because they got stuck. Ah, uh, okay. Um, got it. Stage one: no deaths. Okay. So like, I want one with no deaths. I mean, nothing. That's still impressive. That's still impressive. Like super impressive. Oh, they 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 hacked. Oh, this they did a bug. That doesn't count. I'm looking at they're sliding through the game without getting hit. That doesn't count. <laughs> I want a legitimate no death sure. run of Akari Warriors. Yeah, good luck. Legitimate. That's my thing. So that's up there. Uh, I'll just bring up another crappy NES game that's worse in some ways, better. Skull and Crossbones on the NES is miserable. I reviewed it back in the day. Oh, that's, that's bad. You see, that, see that one? Even I, I did see that one. Oh, holy shit. With uh, Yellow Tooth the Bold Pass. Wow. Ian went for the deep cut back in Jersey. That game is miserable. The arcade isn't bad. It's a miserable game. Arcade's uh, okay. We'll stick with Atari. Uh, I brought it up because I had the trophy. Paperboy's a tough game to beat on the NES. And yeah. in the arcade. Sure. It's tough. Um, and I did it. I almost never, I think as a kid got through Sunday, I think I made it to Sunday and, but for some reason, my skills have gotten better at some twitchy stuff as I got older. It's really weird. It's supposed to diminish, but I've gotten better at stuff like that. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, legitimately one of the hardest games I've ever beaten. Um, I would love to take another crack at it and see if I could uh, get there. Uh, top secret episodes when I always bring up, but that's really for the last, that's really for the mazes suck. Um, and it's the last guy is tough, but not nearly as, as tough. It's Hitler, by the way. The last guy's Hitler. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, it's probably a, a lot harder. The last the last guy's harder at Ninja Gaiden, but it's easier to get to the last stage. I'll just say that. That's the difference. Um, how about any shooter, Ian? That's legitimately tough. Let's bring up, that's your bread and butter. Any shooter that's like just like really hilarious. Uh, I mean, shooters are, um, and I'm not great at them, but also it's the same level of um, something like Contra. Dedication will get you where you need to go. With 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 with, with sure. most shooters, um, I, in terms of my, there are shooters I've beaten on one credit. But honestly, I think uh, my my bigger um, my my bigger uh, accomplishment is getting to the last level of R type on one credit. I, I cannot beat on R-type. one credit. Yeah, I cannot beat R type on one credit. But uh, back in the day when I was playing shooters all the time, this would have been. I was like 18, 19. Um, I could get to the last level of our type on one credit. And then I get to the last level and everything falls the fuck apart because it's hard. And even if I... I Harder than Gradius? Yes. And I, even if I got to... Well, this is why I hate Gradius. I, I mean, our type is kind of the same way too, though. You lose your uh, cops and you die. Gradius is is a they give you many lives. I would I would enjoy Gradius more if they just gave you one life and said you get one shot at it. Because really? dying three levels in and losing You're all done. of your fucking upgrades, fucking fuck it, man. Just reset the game yeah. and start over. I, yeah, I wish they just get rid of even half of your power-ups, at least. Like, then you have a chance. Like, get rid of everything. Yeah. And you're like, this is ridiculous at this point. There's no balance anymore. So, right. yeah, not not real big on Gradius. Um, but, yeah, the last boss I, for our type is just fucking nuts. I got one. Huh? I got one. Carmageddon 64. Oh, God. Is insane. And I played through it and beat it. 
Let's see the other N64 books. Uh, put them their, their feet to the fire. They play what could legitimately be the worst game on the on the console and beat it. There is tricks, trick stages, Ian, in Carmageddon. Trick stages where I I probably attempted them thirty seven times with with save states. I'm not even making that up. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you had to like do loop de loops and then launch off and like land on like little like barely bigger than car size areas that you had to do. Things like that, or else you're fucked and had to like restart the level. Basically, like it's insane some of the things you have to do in that game. Uh, yeah, uh, you were telling me about like a jump that you had to do that you tried like a billion and one times, and it was just like multiple because yeah. there's there's stages in Carmen again. They're like the same. Like you got to either complete the race, you never complete the races almost, or destroy everyone else, which is a lot more fun. That's what the game is. But then there's stages where you have to do stunts, in, but timed stunts. Timed stunts. Okay, I think that's what you were complaining to me about the day you were really complaining was the timed stunts. Timed stunts. Shit with on, a timer. With on cars that like I mean like you have to get these jumps. I mean right speed. You don't have to go it's not they're not all full speed speeding. They have to be like sixty percent speed. Then you have to like break at certain angles and the game is not great to begin with. It's not I can picture the computer one being a little bit better than that. The original Carmageddon is fine. I love the original Carmageddon. The, the sequel was always worse than the original. Uh, but, like, that that was bad. Oh, the original I, is fun enough for what it is. Oh, yeah, I had it on the computer. Yeah. I, I, I had the big box version on the computer. I thought it was – just looking at the art, I'm like, this looks incredible. This is like de- – it was a death race game. So, yeah, those are some of our picks there. There's more. Let us know in the comments what you're – the hardest game you ever Yeah, you let us know in the comments. This segment of the CU Podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too. If you care about the security and safety of your online presence, take control of your experience today with NordVPN. I've used NordVPN, Ian, when accessing public Wi-Fi, when I've traveled, gone to conventions, at a cafe or diner, or just when I want internet privacy. And now you can step up your cybersecurity with threat protection, the latest feature from NordVPN. When you turn threat protection on, it protects you from malicious sites, downloads, trackers, and intrusive ads. Threat protection is constantly on the lookout, even if you're not connected to a VPN. And of course, there's the regular benefits from using NordVPN as well. You get secure internet. With NordVPN, all of your internet data stays safe behind a wall of next-generation encryption. There's a strict no-logs policy. They don't track, collect, or share your private data. You can protect your data non-stop. The kill switch will make sure your data will not be exposed, not even for a brief moment. And you can mask your IP. Keep your browsing to yourself. VPN servers are everywhere. Choose from 5,400 plus servers in 59 countries. Enjoy the internet with no limits or borders. P2P is welcome here. Share large files with no hassle thanks to hundreds of secure P2P servers. You get worldwide access. You can enjoy instant secure access to hundreds of streaming websites worldwide. One account lets you connect up to six devices. Secure them all in any combination. And use with ease. It's just a click. Using NordVPN is as simple and intuitive as making your morning coffee. Take control of your internet experience today with NordVPN. Right now, you can get a two-year plan at a huge discount, plus one additional month for free when you go to nordvpn.com slash podcast. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash podcast, or click the link in the description below. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. Voicemails. Anchor.fm. Might have to do fewer this week. Than you most. go, you 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 leave voicemails. You have fun. 
and uh, yeah. Pattern Ian, this is David calling from the San Gabriel Valley, and just calling to ask if you've all ever had an experience of a parent coming into the room after hearing what's coming out of the TV screen when you're playing a oh. console game. Scare me. Uh, for me, this has been when playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 when I was younger, and the Vandals song came on during the game, which has the lyric, I am the ambassador of the Kick Your Aceter, and my parents yeah. coming in and telling, what the hell are you playing? So yeah, any experiences like that would be great to hear about. Uh, love the show. Keep it going. Peace. Um, nothing like that or with music, but I do remember one time when I got my Dreamcast, um, my dad was, you know, playing bass in the basement and I, I took the, grabbed the Dreamcast and I pulled it upstairs to the upstairs and hooked it up to the TV on a smaller, like 27 inch, you know, tube TV. Um, and you know, my buddy and I were playing, uh, you know, playing and at one point we put it down and like got something and came back up. Anyways, my dad walks upstairs and walks by and glances at the TV and just keeps walking. And then, you know, turns around, walks by and goes, wait a second, what the fuck is football doing on right now? Because it was out of football season. And I just remember that moment, like on a tube TV with the graphics just right and you squint at them. We're finally at the point where like video looks- games are video games are getting to the point where they're, they're, they're fairly realistic. What are you playing here? I have zero stories about that. I didn't play anything that would have been weird. I don't uh, think. Hi, I'm Manny from Windsor, Canada. What's your opinion on Instagram raffle pages? Are they considered scumbag sellers or am I just tripping over nothing? Currently, it's a big problem in my city. So what they're doing is going to retailers all over the city and buying all their expensive and hard to acquire stocks, such as PS5s, shoes, Switch OLEDs, whatever is valuable, and selling them through a raffle on Instagram. So say they buy a $500 Switch in in Canada and sell 20 tickets for $50. That gives them $500 in untaxed profits for doing absolutely nothing but being scumbags. Uh, It's illegal. Yeah, I mean, so we haven't had a reason to bring it up lately, but years ago, there there was many times where we were on record is like, this is dog shit, because at the time, the game wheel stuff on Facebook was like super, super popular. It's flat out illegal. It's gambling. It's illegal. I don't know what the the rules are in Canada, but in the U.S., at least that is flat out illegal. I I guarantee if it's it's illegal, (laughs) you know, that's that's yeah, that's it's bad. We're going to say hello, gentlemen. It's Daryl from Buffalo again. Hi, Daryl. A lot of us around here who lived up here in Buffalo went to a flea market called the Walden Ave Flea Market. To put it mildly, it was a little rough around the edges. Ian, I have a question for you. Did you have any crazy stories from there at all, from way back in the day at all? I mean, not not, not really. Um I mean, you always saw, like, fun people there. I mean, it really was... Fun people. It was the salt of the earth. This flea market. Gotcha. Um, and I, I, I'm not saying this, you know, to, to talk down. I'm saying uh, this is why I used to go to the flea market because when I was growing up, my parents didn't have money. Like you went to the, like flea markets these days are thought of as places, I guess, sometimes where you buy like tchotchke and stuff and you can find your old video games and whatnot. And it's like a big garage sale. But people would go to flea markets to buy shit that they needed too. Yeah. Sure. Like, you know, it was a cheaper Household way to items. do it. So you get, uh, you know, you, you get all sorts of people there. Um, I, I so no, I don't really have any stories. What I wanted to bring up though was that this is a great question because I just got someone who tweeted at me. Uh, Queen City Vintage announces the return of the Super Flea eight years after the popular flea market shut down. That's in Buffalo. Yeah, um, the flea, the Super Flea was the big one, uh, and I would have to look into this. But Queen City Vintage uh, on Hurdle Avenue. 
um, is bringing back the. It looks like the original Super Flea market. So oh, that's okay. that's very cool. I picture Super Flea. I picture the guy from Red Hot Chili Peppers is all hulked out. Well, you can picture this guy instead. The actual Super Flea. Okay, I want that. that if you're from Buffalo, that should be a T-shirt. I, but, I, I would <laughs> buy that T-shirt in a heartbeat if that, someone made come it. Come on, Ian. That, I, well, none of my flea markets had a, had a logo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, the Super Flea had a, uh, a mascot. That's awesome. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Andrew from Buffalo. Longtime fan. Oh, so my question Hi. for you guys is oh. you've done tons of videos <laughs> on the whole – graded gaming thing and how many of these games are going for a ton of money you know that super mario that went for over two million dollars um last year so my question is when and if the bubble bursts on this and these things start dropping in value like a stone how much do you think something like that would be worth you think it'll be you know a couple thousand dollars or you know they'll hold on to some value because the people won't want to let it go so they'll maybe be worth you know, a hundred thousand, something like that. And do you think or your like average Joe who's grading some of their video games might just say screw it and crack them open and start playing them again? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. You're not going to be able to crack them over these sealed games. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, I but, mean, because uh, it's not like it's the only copy. Yeah, it's they can just go and, get something and, else, and they're still valuable. I think it's going to come down to who are the people that were collecting games before these people got into it. Like, like who's the people that actually care about? collecting games not these people that are speculators they're always going to be around there's going to be less of us as we potentially die out or get older age out of it but like who was collecting nes games you know 10 years ago five years ago what do they think about the value it's going to come back to some i'm not going to say it's going to back to how it was before while i get into it but those prices can only be propped up by greater fool theory that's the only thing you got to find someone else to keep keep it going up it's a bubble that's the definition of a bubble um, and there's not enough copies of some of these games. Uh, there's a, there's too many in some aspects, not enough in others. So there's plenty of Mario 64s that are sealed that can satiate. Um, there may not be for some other ones, but then you're, either people are priced out. It's going to take a while. That's the thing. The problem is since since a lot of people are connected to each other, and even the, even a lot of the buyers know each other, they're going to have a concerted effort to keep these prices a high in the public eye. Yes, because they have so much money put into this to prop this up. Their gambit is they find enough money, like the, like the $2 million sale, like the $1.5 million uh, March Square. They cashed out. The early ones cashed out. The people that are left didn't have to keep it high, or else they're, they're stuck holding the bag. That's with most collectibles, but definitely for this, because it's such, been such an unnatural rise sure. in only a few years. Sure. They're the ones. Do you agree? Yeah. I'd be like two or three more here. When going to conventions looking to buy, generally, do you think you have better odds of getting deals if you show up as soon as the doors open, or is waiting to the end when people are packing up and a little more desperate to get rid of stuff. Also, does it depend on the type of merchandise? Yes. Loose cartridges are easy to pack up and take back home versus some bigger, more fragile items like loose toys where the vendor might prefer not to even bother to take it home. Good question. It's not even for shipping or or transportation reasons. I just think there are definitely certain things that you're you're more likely to be able to to get a deal on because of, you know, the, the, the overall desire or demand for them. Um, I, I would say this, honestly, if you're looking for something really good and it's priced accurately or priced reasonably, like something really popular, something Uh expensive. um, What I would say is if you want it, you you buy it when you walk into the convention, because what I've what I've seen, at least with the the most recent convention, is by the time we got to midway through the day Sunday, most of the good stuff was gone. There was 
stuff you could get deals on. There was a lot of you know middle of the road stuff, but a lot of the showpiece stuff was was, was gone. The higher price sure. games, the high, more expensive Saturn stuff, all of the AES stuff was gone. So oh, was it okay? Um, all of the PC Engine stuff was gone. So. Uh, at least the desirable stuff. So the, it really depends on whether or not what you're looking for is also something that yes. a lot of other people yes. are going to be looking for. If if if, if you're looking for weird I, shit, if you're looking for supercars on the NES, you always go back to supercars. Yeah, you can probably uh, wait until Sunday. Really, for weird shit in general, there's one thing I forgot to buy now that now I'm pissed because you reminded me. Someone had a honeybee converter in the package for sixty dollars. I used to have one of those. I wish I, I have still one, had but not it. in the package. I, I wanted I wanted a cheap package. And it was sixty dollars. I said to myself, Ian, no one else is going to want that besides me in the package for sixty. I'm going to come back and offer him like thirty bucks on Sunday, and it'll probably give me the deal. And I forgot about it on Sunday. God damn it! So that's the sort of stuff where you get. It's really like you know that not many people want that item, so you can you can wait until right. Sunday. But like I said, if it's a popular game, you can't wait. But if it's something like a, like a tchotchke or a toy or something weird, who loves doesn't love the honeybee converter? And if you see something priced like reasonable, don't just don't wait. Yeah. I mean, these days, honestly, finding stuff that's priced as it should so, be at a convention, you're doing pretty good there. I mean, just so, so I sold some of my weird box Atari stuff on Sunday. Remember, I had the telegames mm-hmm. in the box, and I almost felt like I should have kept that one because I like the box. It was like old school, and I saw like the the, the Vader uh, Atari. I sold for like sixty bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. They got a little bit of a deal on that, but you know, a little bit, a little bit of a deal. Got cash, you know. So you wait on you wait till Sunday. Man, I'm not saying on purpose, but it does work out. I do like one or two more. Hi, Pat and Ian. My name is Harrison from Harrison. Somerville, Massachusetts. My question is for both of you. As former East Coasters, I'd like to know what you think the West Coast does better than the East Coast. And what you miss most about the East Coast now that you live on the West Coast. Thank you so much for the podcast. I look forward to listening to your answer. Uh, the West Coast does uh, being uh, sneaky backstabbing bitches really well, and the East Coast does nothing wrong. You talk about passive aggressive people? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you I, looking at me like that? I'm not. I'm looking I'm at you least, for your response. That's, at least passive aggressive. I'm looking at you for your response. That's, I, no, I mean, I, you know what? You don't like the personality of some of the people out here? They're nicer I, though. They're not. I, the, stereo, like the, the stereotype does hold true a lot of times. People from the East Coast are going to be shorter, more di- direct, probably a bit more confrontational. Shorter conversation, not, not yes, height. But <laughs> you are definitely going to know where you stand. Where you stand with people. Um, I, li- I, I mean, I've lived out here for 16 years, and the thing that I hate is this West Coast obsession with putting on this everything's all chill and vibes front sure. when it's not because there's it always feels like there's tension yes. boiling underneath every uh, interaction on the west coast yes. and over my years living here i've found the friends that are not like that i worked for a business that was not like that but there is a lot i don't like about that west coast mentality i finally discovered why ian puts up with me because i am not that <laughs> no, no. If we need to get shit out of our off our chests, we do, and then we talk the next day, and it's it's that. I I, I cannot I cannot deal with that simmering bullshit. Yeah, it's chill. It's cool. No, it's not. Kind of has a hippie mentality that we all hate as well. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah, it's like no, you're an asshole. It's like why don't you tell me how you really feel? Um, uh, we do Mexican food better in California for oh. sure. Oh, absolutely. Come on, Ian. Yes. The, yeah. Uh, well, East Coast. Cal- and uh, I want to be really specific exist. though. San Diego and lots of people sure. in California will even say that it, it's yes, California. If Southern Cal in general, California compared to the rest of the world has great oh, SoCal. has great Mexican. Yeah. But if you really want it, it's it's San Diego Mexican food that people talk even about more so than L.A. Oh, way more. I, I never had L.A. Way more so than L.A. Okay. 
Like, uh, and I'll about? fight that. I, I've had a fight that. L.A. Anyway. We don't, have a, we don't have a San Diego song besides Jack and it on South Park. Uh, 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 San Diego Superchargers, the original San Diego Chargers well, song okay. where they're rollerblade, uh, roller skating around. I've never heard that it's one before. It's awful. Um, I was going to say, so so what's what we miss? I miss diners. I would say, wait, I miss diners. I miss, well, you can get pork roll here, and I miss, we're going to fasting, guys, rumbling. I miss, I miss autumn. Fall is my favorite season. Yeah. We don't have one. We I miss have, seasons. You can find some trees here and there that, some blocks, that, but like I mean, like leaves all over the place, beautiful leaves on the ground, and it's funny because sweatshirt, I, sweatshirts and jean weather. I like the life I have created for myself here, but I do not like the weather in San Diego, and I do not like okay. the general disposition of people on the. It's West funny Coast. because we have the perfect, most perfect weather in the U.S. And I like, hate it. It's boring. You don't like sixty-seven degrees most of the year. It's boring as <laughs> shit. So boring. So boring. Not not freezing to death or sweltering. Um, yeah, that, yeah. What, what, what else do we do uh, good here or better here? We do good here. We do well here. Um, best zoo, maybe the best yeah. zoo in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, because because yeah, it's always a world class rated zoo. I feel bad for the little critters at the Bronx Zoo getting cold in the winter. They're like shivering potentially. I, I know that they can't take care, of them, but you know what I mean. Like, per, we have the perfect weather for animals here. We do. We do. Yeah, per, you That's, might like it. It's perfect for what animals. You don't want no copy freezing in the freezing in the winter. No. Cute little copies, giraffe-type things. All right, can we check in with someone? We're going to check in with someone. Well, he grabs his, grabs his lift, books in his list here. Hey, it's Tommy. I'm still having a quiet period right now, but I'm really whispering because I'm hiding out at my cousin Tony's place. He lives in a studio apartment, so I got to deal with him snoring all night, but he says I say all kinds of crazy shit in my sleep, so I guess we're even. Like last night, he insisted that I was dreaming about the Little Mermaid, and I was not. But anyway, I heard Amazon Canada was canceling pre-orders for the Amico. But listen, that's Canada. They're like really weird up there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to spread anti-Canadian hate, okay? There's enough of that in my community. And you know, I love that superhero Captain Canada. He was on a team with Captain Newfoundland back in the 80s. That guy was some kind of alien, so, you know, God only knows what's going on up there, but it's none of my business. Hey, does this count as ASMR? Like, is this turning anybody on? Because, you know, if it can put some money back into a television, boom, just hit me up. HMU. <laughs> that was creepy. Uh, yeah, that was very creepy. Great. There you go. Tommy can be, be an ASMR YouTuber or Twitch channel. They are things. Yep, they Thank are. You. There's uh there's people that are licking ears and giving um, oral satisfaction to objects and it's ASMR on, on Twitch. It happens. It somehow skirts by the the the, 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 the rules, I guess, but it happens. Yeah, we can look forward to that. Tom Tommy's sucking on earlobe uh, 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 mics. They sell ear ear, ear shaped ear, microphones. Yep, I sure do. I don't know how that started, but that's an actual thing. All so right, that's, that's it for the podcast. We that's had fun. It. Yeah, we did. It was a good one. I'm not be able to have, have kids in the next few years because of that uh, ASMR, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> no desire at all. All right, see you later. Bye, everyone.